Welcome to Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 192. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, feeling good. It's uh, it's this is a weekend podcast we're doing. It uh, feels a little strange, but good. Yeah, man. It's a weekend podcast. And what's cool is that we have already recorded today's main topic. And we did that early in the morning. First thing, that was a wake up, wake up recording. That was really interesting. Yeah. I like the timing of it because you kind of like, you're done and you're like, holy crap, I got the whole rest of the day. Yeah, we, we started, we had a great interview with Jim from the Ski Podcast over in, now he's British, but he currently lives in France, right near the Swiss border Yeah, and lives a pretty cool life. And you guys can check out more of that if you go to the main topic or listen to this part and we'll eventually get to it. But it was a really great conversation. You know, obviously they're five hours ahead there. So, you know, he was, he got a kick out of us drinking coffee while he was having a uh, post ski beer. Yeah, it was pretty good. Which is good. So thank you so much again for listening. Please check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We have all of our old episodes there and lots of great information too. Please, if you could subscribe to our newsletter, do that on the website uh, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Ski Bump Podcast. If you want some stickers, hit us up, DM us on Instagram. It's the best way to get some. Also, we are on Pinterest and YouTube and where else? Anywhere else? Everywhere. Everywhere. But you Basically, can find our heart radio iHeartRadio, but the best place to go is skibumpodcast.com for all of the information. So thank you again for listening. And a big shout out to our sponsor, Quickie Wax. Thank you so much, Quickie Wax. They are a Colorado-based, skibum-owned small business. If you could support them, it would really help them out and us out. QuickieWax.com, Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. They have four temperatures of wax available. They got the cleaner, the all temp, the warm and the cold. So if you need some wax, they will hook you up. So check them out. And thank you, Quickie Wax. It's time for Opray today. Mario, let's kick it off. So Opray today. So today's weird because I started off this morning with uh, the Kirkland version of Bailey's. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. Which, which is the um, was it Irish country cream or something they call it. Um, so I started off with that, uh, right now I'm just doing a Coke cause I got a little driving to do this afternoon, so I don't want to be buzzed or drinking. Uh, but I'm going to talk about my, uh, well, I did go out for a little holiday shopping and got myself something so I can talk about that. Ooh. But, uh, last night's opera was pretty good. I had a little warm sake at, uh, getting some sushi, had a little warm sake. Warm uh, I sake, gotta, nice. I gotta say that's underrated. Have you done that a lot? Not a lot. It's been quite a while since I've had warm sake. I yeah. could not tell you the last time I it, did. It hits the spot with a little uh, sushi and a little Japanese food, so that worked out pretty good. But this afternoon, uh, doing a little Christmas shopping, I got myself a Christmas gift, and it is the Old Forester gift pack. Ooh, nice. So it comes with the Prohibition, strength, uh, Prohibition style, 115 proof. And then the regular uh, 100 and 100 proof. 
So nice. I'm going to crack that open uh, possibly this weekend, do a little sampling, uh, trying to build back my bourbon and bourbon collection because uh, when I moved into the new place, I, uh, I just had one bottle of, uh, of Woody. And after killing that, I'm like, I got nothing else now. So I got to, got to build it back up. So I got my, uh, you know, uh, Basil Hayden, I got my uh, bullet. So figured I'll add this to a collection with a few other things and uh, get my collection back up there. How about you, Brian? I'm sticking to what I had at the interview. I, I also too, since this is the afternoon, I have a lot of things I have to do. It's the last Saturday before Christmas. I got to watch the little guy this afternoon, so I can't be too banged up. Don't want to be that dad. You know? But <laughs> I just, dad's like, don't worry about my kid. He's all right. He knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that dad, but I have some good old Starbucks winter blend coffee with a little bit of Laird Hamilton's turmeric creamer in here. Ooh, Laird Hamilton. Dude, Laird Hamilton is awesome. And his creamer is really good. If you, what the nice thing about it is, so it's the turmeric, which is great for inflammation. It's got a little bit of coconut sugar in it because if you've ever had turmeric just on its own, it's pretty rough. Like it's really, really bitter. And uh, I don't know, spicy a little bit, but it's really just bitter. But they put the coconut sugar and it's not like it makes it sweet. It pretty much just evens it out, which I like. Very nice. You had it when you were up here, right? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I had seen it before and then you had it. So I was like, great. I get to try it, man. I'm at the point where I get like a bag a month from Amazon. It's almost getting out of control between Shakeology and the turmeric creamer. I'm, I'm spending a hundred bucks on bags of powder every month. Not even, uh, it's not even bags of powder coming in the mail, healthy powder, bags of healthy powder. That's the crazy thing. Well, it's funny. I'm looking up like who's Laird, Laird Hamilton and the American surfer Laird Hamilton comes up. That's the guy. So uh, that's him, right? That's Big his company. Surfer, co-inventor yeah, that... and toe in, uh, of toe and surfing and occasional fa- uh, fashion action sports model. He's married to Gabby Reese. So yeah, he's just a total badass, like in that's every awesome. aspect of life. He also, I think he owns some sports training uh, their facility or uh, performance breathing online certification he teaches. There you go. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of a lot of in water stuff. Which I got to be honest, man. If I had access to a good pool, I would do a lot more like in water exercising because I seem, it seems like that's a lot better for longevity and less strain on your joints. Which wow. I'm starting to get to that age where I'm starting to be concerned about longevity and making sure things work for a longer period of time. XPT Extreme Performance Training is the company. There you go. Him and Gabby Reese started it. And she was a baller ass uh, beach volleyball player, if anybody doesn't know. Oh, the two of them, like, they're just like these giant super athletes, both of them. And they're, they're like kid- the modern day Barbie and Ken, right? Yeah, that's, really, <laughs> that's seriously what they are. They're, their kids are going to be just like beautiful. Like, I think they have th- two or three daughters. They're going to be like um, these unbelievable, like gorgeous, like super athletes too. Yeah. The super athletes, you're going to, they're, they're going to, uh, I think they're getting paid by the U S to have kids. <laughs> We're so- going to make the most fabulous baller ass just- kids in this world. You're going to make super babies and we're going to watch you make them. <laughs> he also started the hydrofoil board, which is that surfboard with the hydrofoil that glides above. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, I love that really? Thing. Yeah. 
The man is a genius. He's a modern day uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He didn't sit in a cubicle and wait for his weekly paycheck. He went out there and just created the life he wanted to live. And for that, we give you a tip of the cap, even though I can't take it off because my headphones are on. There you go. Tip my cap to you. Tip of the cap to you, good sir. Thank you for all your visionary work. So that's what I got. So I think we got one story in the app right today. We do. And this is about our favorite alcohol place is uh, Utah, right? Utah dumps thousands of gallons of perfectly good beer away after changing the law. The state law was changed. Nobody was allowed to sell alcohol over uh, 4%. Well, beer, I'm sorry, just specify. So beer over 4%. So that was the joke, you know, they had this lower beer and uh, alcohol producers, you know, beer beer companies would have to produce a separate version for Utah. So now they changed the, the law and they raised the limit to 5%, which I think is still below some, but for most normal beers, uh, I think they're all about four and a half, maybe five. So it kind of works for, for most beers anyway. So what happened is because they changed the law, the state is not allowed to sell beer that's available at private stores between four and 5%. They had to go. So they basically allowed higher alcohol beer to now be sold and they're destroying the lower alcohol beer. Yeah. Which I don't understand, but I think it's like a a requirement that they have to destroy it now. That's such a weird Utah thing to do. Although it was nothing over 4%, but state-owned liquor stores did carry those brews, and the situation came to a head when the limit was raised to 5%. So since the state is not allowed to sell beer that is available at private stores, the beers between 4 and 5% had to go. Uh, it's just some weird... You know, we love Utah. There's so many great resorts there. It's just those beer laws are just so... I mean, they're getting better. That's for sure. If this was the year 2000 before the Salt Lake Olympics came, things have changed a lot, a lot for the better. A lot of pioneering yeah. alcoholics have helped make Utah a little more normal, but it's still, you know, it's got its neighbor Colorado kind of looking and laughing at them with their, you know, super progressive weed laws and their great craft beer scene. Utah, you could have all this too, but you know what? In a way, it kind of makes them. The, the the other side of the coin, which in a way could be a good thing. Could be a good thing. Yeah. Could be a good I thing. I think they're going in the right direction. So let's just say that. It's very strange. But again, just to destroy something that's perfectly good, that's always, I don't know. That always kind of rubs me the wrong way. Not a big fan of that. Give it away to the homeless. Give it, especially this time of year. Yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. Here's a bunch of beer. Just Just take whatever you want. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That's right. <laughs> School field trips. Come on in, kids. Grab a case of beer. It's only 4%. Yeah, they could have made that happen. But <laughs> well, I 4% get and then you go to nap time. This is how we nap. Yeah. Guess that's unethical, huh? I guess. Let's get into the Genjula. All right. And we have one quick story in the Gondola as well. And we've been talking about this for, it's got to be two years at this point. New Jersey finally has decided. Now, mind you, the current governor who's been in office for just about two years now was running. And part of his platform was he was going to legalize cannabis in New Jersey 
within a hundred days of getting into office. Now, days. my math might be a little bit off, but pretty sure two years is more than a hundred days and there's still no legal cannabis in New Jersey. Still nothing. Still nothing. But they have announced that on election day, 2020, that's a big, huge election. The huge. next November, New Jersey, the voters will have the opportunity to vote on the legalization of cannabis in the state. Yeah. And I think, you know, we covered another story. I was telling Brian, uh, we recapping with Brian earlier. We covered another story a while ago, uh, speculating that a lot of states may put legalization of marijuana on the ballot for 2020 because it's such a big election and they believe it'll get people that normally wouldn't go out to vote to actually go out and vote because they'd be voting on cannabis as well in addition to the presidential election. So, and that's a really, really good point because it seems, and and again, I, I said this to you before we started recording the podcast and I'm just going to say it again for the listeners. I think both sides are a little bit delusional about what they think is going to make people vote for a, a certain candidate or not vote for a certain candidate. You know, we don't want to make things political on here, but our, my big platform is, is freedom. I want less rules, you know, less government intervention. And if someone like, you know, Trump, who kind of is the antithesis of the old system and marijuana, also, again, an antithesis of what's been shoved down our throats and the nonsense war on drugs. Those two things, in a weird way, are on the same side. Or you could see it as being on the same side, depending on how your your viewpoint is. Right. So, I, again, I'm, I'm glad. Like, I just think people should have more freedoms. And legalizing marijuana, I'm 100% for. To be honest, the presidential part, I don't know if I'm even going to vote for the president. I just want to vote for legalizing marijuana. That's oh, pretty yeah, much voting it. Voting for weed. Voting well, for weed. Well, it's voting for freedom. It's voting for less bullshit and less ability for the police to throw you in jail for something stupid. It's really what it is. Yeah, and that's a, you know, that's a perfectly good example of what they're trying to do. Like people that don't even care about presidential election, care about weed, right? Get out there and vote. Get the vote out. Yeah. And you know, like you mentioned how uh, some of the the left-leaning folks think that this is going to bring people out to one vote for marijuana and then also vote for the candidate that they think people are going to vote for. But Dude, it's going to be Bernie Sanders by landslide then. Bernie by landslide, yeah. <laughs> He's pro-weed. They're going to be like, fuck, man, I voted for weed. I'm going to vote for that guy too. I'm going to write him in. <laughs> he is very pro-weed, that's for sure. I guess being a Vermont senator, you kind of have to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how this goes down, but uh, this is nice to see. But it is a bullshit, cowardly way of doing it because it should have been legalized last year. But hey, believe it or not, breaking news, politicians are full of shit. Who would have thought? I want to hear them all put on their campaign platforms like pro-weed stuff, like because that would be the next change. Like, oh, well, if we believe this is going to get them out to vote, of course, they're going to start putting in their platforms, whether they're pro or not pro. Uh, they just change their tune as the as the winds of the people's yeah. beliefs change. I was at Costco a couple of days ago and I'm walking up and down. You know, the they have the, the liquor stores and some of them. And I was in the liquor section and, you know, Costco sells liquor. Now, if you told somebody in 19, when did... um. Prohibition star was it twenties twenty? It's like twenty nine and thirty three was repealed, right? Yeah, I think it might have been twenty seven, twenty nine. Twenty nine sounds familiar. So if you told somebody in like nineteen twenty nine or nineteen thirty that a giant store would sell alcohol in bulk 
they would be like, wow, that seems absolutely crazy. That's just like telling somebody in 1980 that, hey, there's this place called Costco that's got a big bulk, uh, you know, bulk uh, quantities of all kinds of stuff is going to be selling cannabis in 2025. That's That's what's just going to happen. You're going to be in five years. You'll probably be able to go to Costco and get like a pound of weed for like 20 bucks. Costco weed. Kirkland weed. Kirkland Kush. Do you? Oh, fuck. That's good. (laughs) Do you honestly think they're not going to have Kirkland Kush? How many? Fuck yeah, they are. We talked about it in our interview with Jim. Somebody's pitching them right now. I bet you Mike Tyson's pitching them right now. Dude, they're in Washington already. It's legal in Washington. There's gonna, they are gonna i guarantee it kirkland they're gonna have og kush mike tyson's own kirkland og kush how many flavors of, of liquor does kirkland actually make now we talked yeah, about everything i have, just went and after we podcast this morning i went to, to costco <laughs> and i got liquor because i was telling you down here uh, with the florida laws liquor stores have to be separate from the regular store so with costco it's this mini little liquor store outside of costco it's basically a garage that they just you know raise the thing on and they got all their crap in there and i was looking for the uh the the gin and i'm like where's the where's the kirkland gym and i walked right by by it a few times because it looks so close to like the bombay uh not the bombay sapphire but the regular bombay london dry gin it looks very similar to that. And I was like, oh, I walked totally past it. But it was like 17 bucks for like, I think it's a 1.25 liter or 1.5 probably, right? I was like, I don't know, one point, whatever it was, it was gigantic and it was 17 bucks. I was like, you can't beat that because I'm going to use it for mixing, you know, this gin. And that's the thing. So they they have gin, they sell tequila they have an anejo and they have a silver the yep. silver 1.75 it's like 16 bucks for margaritas 100 percent agave it's perfect it's perfect. absolutely perfect they yep. have uh canadian whiskey they have bourbon they have uh irish, irish whiskey. whiskey they yep. have scotch whiskey they have single barrel uh single uh, small batch bourbon yeah they obviously have vodka as Two we, different kinds. There's one that... Uh, this is American vodka. American. This is from America. Right. Six times, because five is for total losers. <laughs> five times distilled. That's for the commies over in Europe. What do you think if we go to six times, guys? I think that'll put us over the edge. That's We'll beat out all the five times. Distilled. Hold on. How about seven times? Whoa. This guy's a fucking nut. <laughs> He's a nut. How seven about, times it, distilled. Okay, well, we can't go more than that. <laughs> My man's crazy. It's crazy yeah so it's it's crazy how much and then what do you have you have the uh, irish cream that kirkland makes irish country cream that's what... <laughs> it tastes just like bailey's and it's a lot cheaper than bailey's which is really expensive now bailey's is not cheap man is it like 30 bucks for like a small bottle yeah and they have like now the other thing i don't like about it, not just the price so they obviously know that they have the market but now they have like five or six different flavors of Bailey's. And I'm like, Bailey's is just Bailey's. Why do you have to flavor it up with some other shit? You know? Yeah, isn't there like a, like they do like a mint one, right? Yeah, and like a caramel and like all different ones. And I'm like, why? Like, I guess people are drinking them as shots or something. I don't know. We know what it is too. A lot of it, you know, when you're owned by those big conglomerates that are publicly held companies they have to keep you know keep innovating keep coming up with new products all the time which 
you know, it's like this, this attempt to keep growing and growing and growing. It's, it's almost insane to think that, to have that philosophy and belief that you can do that because yeah. I mean, how many different flavors of fucking Bailey's can you make? Well, think about this. Like remember back when it was vodka, they started with like, um, like a citrus kind of thing in there. And then they went crazy. Like vodka went with all different flavors. That was, that was absolute, right? That was their big thing. Like all the different flavors. Right. They were coming out with a new flavor every year. Well, they had and that then, brilliant ad campaign with it too, though. Yeah, they did like the different, it was pretty cool the bottles and all. Uh, but then everybody started producing those and then it started with gin and gin started a little while ago and it's getting more and more because now I just got rhubarb flavored gin and I'm like, wait, can you say that one more time? Because I need to hear that rhubarb, rhubarb flavored gin. Yeah. Rhubarb's a pretty benign fruit though, isn't it? Like, don't you have to add a ton of sugar to give it any flavor? Yeah, but it has a, a uh, it's rhubarb and something else. I forgot what's in there. Strawberry? Um, no, it's not. That's usually what you put in the pie, rhubarb, strawberry. Um, yeah. It, I think it's rhubarb and ginger. Hmm, interesting. Right, and you use it to, like, you muddle up some uh, blackberries, put that, on, put that in there, you put a little simple syrup and a little club soda. Delicious. Huh. Delicious. Now, I have it. I make, I'll, I'll put that on the, on the, on the, uh, internet you've had it before haven't you yeah that it's really good but i got how to get that whitley neal is the only one that makes it they're a brand that a british brand that that makes that um i have a rhubarb liqueur it's from some it's that company at a i think it's at a uh, philadelphia they do one called root one called rhubarb and then there's another one they make yeah i've had that one before that's pretty good the um what's the name of them like uh, it's uh, something distillers or confectioners or mm. they have cool bottles. I know that. Yeah. They're kind of squat looking and yeah. I think ben, Benjamin Franklin is the one who brought rhubarb to America. Ben Franklin. I think that was in, uh, on the bottle of that particular rhubarb one. Nice. What the hell is the name of this company? And you put in rhubarb liqueur. I think you're gonna get one thing. And of course there's like a ton of stuff. Here we go. This is, um, art, Art in the Age. That's the name of the of the company. Art in the Age. Huh. And they one called Snap too, which is like a ginger snap one. Very cool. They make some really cool, like funky liqueurs. If you're into cocktails and stuff, they uh they make a lot of you know interesting liqueurs that you can make a lot of really cool cocktails with. And I guess they're making their own club soda now and a couple other different things. Nice. But yeah, like you said, you know, companies start innovating. What are they? They're like, hey, let's make a rhubarb liqueur. All right. Nobody else has that. Let's boom, chuck it out there. Then you make recipes for it. Then you do this. And then, you know, so it's kind of. So they changed their, their branding recently, too. They got a whole different look to their stuff. Oh, did they? Blackberry they... Ramble. And they've got a limoncello and I cradle of liberty um... smoked malt whiskey. Wow. Cherrywood smoked malt whiskey. Interesting. Huh. I started seeing. Um... Tequila's flavored now. They're starting to flavor those. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm too on board with that, but I will tell you, 1800 makes a coconut tequila. Yeah. Dude, you can make some killer ass margaritas with that. They are nice. so Andrew and I, when we had Benjamin, we ditched him for a couple of days at my my parents' house. Yeah. We drank friggin' coconut margaritas like all day long. Coconut <laughs> watermelon margaritas, and it was glorious nice a couple years ago i forget which brand it was it might have been 
Hornitos, they were aging their tequila in other liquor barrels. Hmm. So they had a like a Macallan scotch barrel they would age nice. the tequila in and maybe a rum barrel. That kind of stuff I really dig because there's been a lot of great collaborations where people are taking used guess just used barrels and just adding stuff to it you know like the a lot of the angels envy they do the port cask they age their bourbon in that you get some really great uh new flavor profiles doing it that way huh very cool so this company actually makes aquavit and it's called ski lubin ski ski clubin Ski i have a bottle of aquavit at home and it's a very it's like a scandinavian thing hmm it's not tasty. It's just one of those things that when it's super cold and you want to get hammered and that's the only thing that's makeable in that region, that's kind of what they drink. Is it like, um, uh, watch them call like bitters or it's kind of like vodka and mouthwash. Ah, that's about the only way I can describe it. Use it as a little aftershave. You'd be good to go. I do love the bottle though. It says White Mountain Aquavit. So I don't know if it's made in New Hampshire then. I'm looking up one Krog Krogstad Aquavit. I guess it's from Oh, it's inspired by the first European explorers to reach America that I guess were Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. It and... tastes with bits of rape, pillage, and burning skin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it tastes like burning. Getting a little bit of rape, uh, a little bit of burning skin. Uh, this is this is definitely a, a Viking inspired beverage i like the bottle a little strange yeah is it any similar to viking's blood oh my god (laughs) not even close to that nonsense (laughs) but actually bringing this back around to bailey's i'm on their website now so they have the standard bailey's flavor which again delicious why do you need to veer from this they have red velvet they have pumpkin spice they have almond almonde almond milk whatever the hell that is, strawberries and cream, salted caramel, espresso cream, chocolate cherry, jump and vanilla cinnamon. Dude, that's just jump on the shark. I, the last time I went to buy Bailey's, I went to the liquor store, and then that's when I noticed they had all these flavors. And if there was a Bailey's representative there that was proud of, of all the flavors they came out with, I would have just slapped him right in the face and been like, Where's the regular Baileys? Because say good day, sir. Good day, sir. And what did I do? I bought the Carolyn's because I'm like, you know what they do? They make fucking Irish cream. Just what I wanted. Yeah. They you know? just they stick to what they're good at. You know, like yeah. why why does everybody need to make a billion different things and be good at everything? Just yeah. just stick to what you're good at. Just grab helm of that company and ride that fucking Irish cream till it can't you can't ride it anymore. That's what you do. Like a like a like a boss. Yeah. I think they're owned by um Diego. Oh, okay. Diageo. Diageo. Is that what it's it's pronounced? Yeah. I like Diego. So (laughs) Diageo. So they're owned by them. So of course they're a publicly traded company and they got to keep innovating and keep making new fucking flavors of it. What else can we do under the Bailey's brand? Let's, let's make this too. I'm hearing kale is very popular these days. Let's put some kale in our Bailey's. Hmm. That's a very good idea. We can make a little more money. Kaylee's Irish cream. That would be delicious. Ugh. So Diageo. Oh, they own, do they own Guinness? So they they actually launched something called Bailey's Glide, which was a sexual lubricant, but was discontinued in 2006. <laughs> That's actually know. not true, but they did make something called Bailey's Glide. 
Now, see again, Astro Glide and Bailey's. Now you're talking synergy. Nice. That's some synergy. See, you go to their page and you say, yes, I want to see all your brands. And you know what they give you? They don't give you the brands. They give you all these other articles about their brands. It's like, asshole, I want a list. So mm-hmm. it looks like Johnny Walker, Crown Royal, Buchanan's, J&B, Windsor, Don Julio, Smirnoff, Kettle One, Ciroc. Those are all three vodkas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Morgan, Bailey's, Tangeray, and Guinness. Very That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. Why haven't they made a uh, Bailey's infused Tangeray now? How about a Bailey's infused with Guinness? Let's Two just brands get, coming together. Let's just get stupid. That's the Irish car bomb, right? Irish car bomb. That's right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I respect people trying new things, but it's just, it, you jumped the shark at a certain point. And Bailey's, you have jumped the shark. And Mario, I'm joining you, and I will only be buying the Kirkland Irish country cream. And there is an O in country. Don't you forget that. That's what and- I'm buying. And we're not even sponsored by Costco, which they fucking should at this point. Seriously, we talk enough about Costco at this point. We should they should be hooking us up. God damn it. They actually sell the indie they sell they sell the indie pass at Costco now. I went in and and I bought um my girlfriend some uh some base layers. They got the base layers there. And she's, you know, petite, so they didn't have the small um, you know, women's in there. You got scissors, right? Yeah. No, so I got extra large children's, which fit her. And they're awesome. I went to pay and they're running a deal now. They're $3 off and they're $5 normally. So I got them for two bucks each for the set. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I'll see how they are. If they're horrible, I'm like, she can give them to somebody, you know? Yeah, man. Once you see like what things actually can cost at a Costco. So they, I don't know if they had them at yours. The one I went to this past week, they had the spider, the, um, they had the half zips, like the one I bought last year that I wear. It's like, yeah, it's in our colors. They had those a few weeks ago. I didn't look today. They also had the full zip, the really thick ones. They were like 80 bucks. I'm like, okay, so Costco is selling these for 80 bucks. Why if I go to some ski shop on the mountain, they're 200? Yeah, because you're not near Costco. That's why. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like part of me was going to like buy all of them and just set up a stand in a parking lot at a ski resort. And be like, yo, who needs some of these spider jackets? It's cold out there and sell it at half the price of the ski shop, which is still right. going to be 20% more than Costco selling with it for. the ski bump podcast logo on it. Boom. Dude, oh, that's a fucking great idea. You got some great ideas coming out today. I, you know, it's the, uh, it's things the early are, drinking. That's what things it was. are clicking. It's drinking early and stopping, I think is, is making me a genius right now. That's what well, it is. Well, I definitely know that we, we've, we've fine tuned the best formula for us. And I think our big snow interview was it where we'll go have three drinks, yeah. get some food and coffee and then podcast. That's kind of our sweet spot. Two, three drinks is perfect. You know, that gets you into the creative, you know, space and, but then not you, just sloppy. But then you need the food and the coffee to kind of crank that creativity up and make it, yeah. make it something you can actually work with. I think otherwise you metabolize it too quickly and then you start coming down. You're like, I got to have another drink. And then boom, you just keep drinking, drinking. Exactly. Yeah. The food We've keeps had- it all kind of going nice keeps the uh the cross mogination keeps things it's kind of like the the glue that keeps things together exactly yeah let's go to ski news yeah so we're keeping it short this week because honestly there really wasn't a ton of big stories going on i was skiing this week so that was cool we got to have an episode talking about that in a few weeks and it is christmas coming up so it's going to be a big ski week coming up this week 
the biggest story was Pacific Northwest is finally getting some snow. They got dumped on over in um, the Cascades, Mount Baker, uh, Stevens, all the way up. Looks like even to Whistler up there where our boy Nick is. But Mount Baker, they were kind of the the uh, ground zero for that. They got about three to five feet of snow over the last couple of days. And they were really in need of it. There was another story that was related to this on snow brains. They were saying that Whistler has only gotten 35 inches of snow so far this year, Wow! which for Whistler is not much because, you know, they're so low lying that it could fall and then it could melt because that's just the elevation that they're at. That's what happens. So they were really in need of a dumping. And our boy Nick is currently at Whistler and he was saying he's kind of, kind of stuck on on groomers at this point because again they had to blow some snow and and didn't have a ton of ton of snow natural that's been falling so a lot of the the fun cool stuff off piste isn't available yet which you know we were there what three years ago at this same time the week before christmas and we lucked out and even he said we lucked out being there at that time because we had tons of snow which was great but yeah not a not so great above normal temperatures throughout the u.s central u.s um leading up to christmas so not good yeah that's kind of tough yeah so that 35 inches of snow whistler's had since opening day 12 of those had fallen in the last 48 hours nice so that's how hurting that's how hurting they were yeah, but Nick's loving it because he came. He went at the right time. Well, Nick really just wanted to go there to go to the Canada Goose store anyway and buy a, <laughs> a nice new puffy, furry hooded jacket for fifteen hundred Canadian, which is like four hundred dollars US. Wow. Yeah, I tell you, that's the that's the move though. You go up there, you're like, yeah, I'll pay resort prices because I'm getting a thirty percent discount on my uh, currency. Yeah. I mean, you look at the picture. They uh, Snowbrains has a picture of the mountain. You know, the um, they have the trail cams there. They have the one right at the bottom where the black home gondola is. And the trail to the left, skiers right, is, I mean, it's it's all grass with a little bit of snow covering it, which is crazy. Nice. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. But luckily, the storm came in, rolled through, threw a nice dumping of uh, about a foot of snow for them and, you know, a little bit more further south. They needed it. So it's good that they're getting it. And, you know, the last thing you want this week, I mean, you could, it's easy to hate on Vail or Icon or what, you know, the opposite of the one that you're, you're supporting. But, you know, for our whole industry, we really need to make sure everyone's got a great Christmas New Year's week because a lot of those resorts are making a big chunk of their revenue that week. And if they want to keep operations run, you know, running throughout the year, keep improving infrastructure, improving snowmaking, improving facilities, we got to make sure that they, uh, they do have all those visitors coming in. So I know the Northeast, it's supposed to stay cold and snowy, uh, nice. re- next week or so. So we should be in pretty good shape. But like you said, the Midwest, not so great. Hopefully another system will come out and, uh, and pound the West coast, but yeah, some places have not had the the snowfall they were hoping for at this point. Yeah, we'll see. Start of winter. We'll be good. Yeah. We got one more story here we got to talk about. Ah, all right. Michaela Schifrin. Yeah. So Michaela has got her new Land Rover ad. 
Did we talk about that last episode? I think we mentioned it because uh, we started seeing it on TV. We're like, yeah, that's good. I think we mentioned it, but have you seen now she's doing some sort of like dance thing? No. So if you go to any, any, just type in her name. She's been posting a bunch of like her doing dance lessons. I know she was doing music and all sorts of stuff. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, cause there's been talk of her retiring and I wonder if she's using this almost to kind of test the waters about her just becoming a celebrity and not just being like a ski celebrity. We don't know Michaela very well. Let's be honest. We don't know her at all. So I don't know where her, uh, where her head's at, what she's obviously she's still doing amazingly, but she is skipping races this weekend. We watched the Sam Moritz event this past week where, you know, she, uh, she didn't place. Now she's skipping this week and she keeps posting like non ski stuff. Yeah. Um, I've seen she's been doing that a lot. Yeah. There was like her showing the her dancing, like this whole the big thing. That, dance. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. You know, everyone needs their cross training and other stuff to work on. But you wonder if this is kind of, again, her testing the waters, trying to figure out if she wants to be just a celebrity. And because again, she's young, she's gorgeous. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. She's super talented, super athletic. I think it's she's good. Got, she's having fun doing what she wants to do. On she's that. having fun, which is the uh, the important thing. As hard as she works, she's got to have some fun. But yeah, like you could totally see her being like a, just like a travel host, you know, Michaela traveling all over the world, dancing with people, doing a couple runs and, but not, not being like a competitive racer, having to, you know, bust your ass 360 days a year. Uh, yeah. just, just straight hustling and training. Oh, training. Yeah. They're giving her more airtime in the U S finally, which, uh, is long overdue, I think. So yeah, she's, she's a great personality. She's super talented. She's the camera loves her. The fact that she's not in more stuff is, yeah, it's, it's still kind of mind boggling, but yeah, we'll see where this takes us. Cause again, she mentioned retiring and now you're seeing more stuff like this. You wonder, it's just testing the waters. I think she's trying to figure out what's, what's the next step. Yeah. Which is, Hey, more power to her. I mean, you, you watched that Lindsay Vaughn documentary. Have you watched it yet? No, not yet. So. It's worth checking out, but she, uh, you just see, you know, cause Lindsay's what 30, or, uh, yeah, she's 35 now. And just watching her grind last year and the struggle and the pain and the, and the, the, the setbacks and to see how beat up her body is at this point, all the surgeries, all the injuries, all the, the fighting, the coming back, it, it wears you down physically and mentally. So I wonder if Michaela maybe is seeing that and thinking maybe I should try a different path for myself. Yeah. We'll see. I have no idea. I'm talking at my ass in a basement in Jersey. We'll see. Speaking of basements in New Jersey, we, as we mentioned earlier for our main topic, we had a great interview this morning from Jim Duncombe, who is one of the, hosts for the ski podcast and he is based out of france right now he's a, a uk gentleman based out of france he is i believe it's la la clue la clues is pronounced yeah, he was saying like that yeah he's about an hour from geneva he's right by chamonix mont blanc uh i mean you couldn't pick a better spot he was really fun to talk to we had a really natural free-flowing fun conversation it's about an hour long uh we think you guys will enjoy it so check it out here's jim from the ski podcast jim 
Welcome to the podcast here, the Ski Bums and the Ski Podcast together, united continents coming what, together. What a combination! Thanks very much for having me. I'm uh, I'm honoured. I'm going to say I'm honoured. No, it's, we're honoured having you on here. I know we've been going back and forth for for months now trying to make this happen, and you know, lo and behold, right before the uh, the Christmas time, we we finally made it happen. So so thank you for coming on. That's all right. I mean, I think originally you were talking to my. That's our studio. Oh, you got an applause. The crowd goes wild. <laughs> the crowd goes wild. You've got, you've got stuff. We don't have that on our podcast. Yeah, it's it's uh, that dollar store stuff. So Yeah, that's dollar store. You can get that anywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is like a, uh, we're like ambassadors. We're ski ambassadors now for, for the different countries. That's it. Um, what what what's um, so good about where you ski? It's got to be no, not as nearly as good as what I've got. Well, we were just kind of uh, you know talking. Now you are fresh off the slopes right now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I went up. Um, in fact, this morning I woke up. I was about to go skiing with the kids, and she said, "Ah, oh, uh, you were meant to buy me new boots, Daddy." And so we've been to the high. We've been ah. to the shop. We bought we bought brand new boots straight on the slopes. Uh, we did about five runs, and uh, back in time for this. Look at that. Nice. She knows how to do it. She's like, she asked you nicely, like, yeah, come on, daddy, you can't, you can't not buy me boots, right? Well, you're already down 500 euro today, right? Ah, yeah. <laughs> there was nothing nice about it. It was, you said you would buy them. We need to buy them. And I was like, oh, maybe you want to pay it out your Christmas money. No, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Tough negotiator. She's hard, hardcore. Got a, got a priority. So now where are you based out of? So I live in a place called La Clusa, which is um, an hour from uh, Geneva in Switzerland, but I'm actually in France. Um, I'm on the Aravis Range. Um, top of the hill, you can see Mont Blanc. So very close to Chamonix, which you've probably definitely heard of. Yes. <laughs> May have heard it in passing, yeah. So yeah, quite close quite close to that, but I don't ski it that often. But um, two skis, I'm in the smack in the middle, five minutes each way, and there's another one called the Grand Bonhomme. Um, and at the moment, there's a big uh, cross-country biathlon competition going on, so there's uh, quite heavy traffic. Oh, wow. That's nice that all that like cool stuff is going on by you. You're like, well, there's traffic because they have a biathlon going. It's like, here it's like, we have traffic because some idiot crashed into another idiot, you know? Actually, yeah. usually, usually shootings here in the states. Yeah, lately, all right. Yeah, lately it's been shootings. UPS driver, package delivery drivers getting shot. Right? That's crazy. Well, you're in, well, you're in Florida, so that's kind of like <laughs> that's ground zero for that kind of nonsense. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff goes down. You gotta see yeah. the bum fights at night sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's that time oh. of year, as we say. <laughs> no, there's no there's no fighting here. It's all very civilized over in uh, in uh, the French Alps. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was I was sat in the car by the day and some kids stole the snow straight from the window and then threw it right back at me. Uh, wow. That's aggressive. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not even sure who's aiming at me. <laughs> hey, you know the French, they can't throw snowballs or anything really. He's calling you out. That's it. So how did you now you guys have been doing this podcast, you and your partner Ian, which unfortunately couldn't make it today. You guys have been doing this for a couple years now. How did you how did you decide that you wanted to do this? Um, I thought I'd like to do a podcast because um, I felt skiing was a bit too serious and people, you know, and then after a while, you realize it is quite serious, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but we thought we'd do something different and we'd have a go. And it's kind of 
do you know what you started out to do? I don't know how you guys found it at the beginning. Is it what you thought it would end up being? Definitely not. We had no expectations going in. So we, we had that bar set really low. Um, and I took it as we were just going to try this out and see where it went. Uh, I think Brian had grand ideas of uh, we were going to hit it big right away and quit our jobs, right? <laughs> I actually had a delusional after our first podcast, which was horrible which we did about almost almost five years ago, I actually had a dream where Joe Rogan was inviting us onto his podcast. That's how Whoa. grand That's how grand my that's delusions big. are. Yeah. That's big. <laughs> but it started us. We were doing a share house, and uh, we would always talk about just, just stuff, either on the car way up um, or with our buddies at the house. And other people mentioned to us, like, you guys should tape this. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's entertaining. And then we actually started thinking about it. We're like, you know what? It was, I think it was the end of ski season, right, Brian? How it was, years? yeah, we were, uh, we just got back from a trip to Telluride, Colorado. Uh, it was like a, a early March, mid-March trip. And we were like, you know what? Next week, we are going to just start record something. And there was three of us. And uh, originally we were a, uh, yeah, a trio doing this. And then we kind of dropped down to a duo because Mr. Fancy couldn't take the time to record this. And Our snowboarder speak. was was too fancy to record. He wasn't seeing the uh, ROI right away. <laughs> we knew right. we had to like, you know, dig the foundation and build it and plant the flowers and do the whole thing. And take He's a little like, time. You guys make it big and I'll come back. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what he did. So, but uh, yeah, but it's... T- to, w- to which you said, no way. That's like, we don't even know you anymore. Lose our number, bro. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it, it's definitely not what uh, what I expected it to be. I never expected it to be this much work, to be honest, because it's a lot of. I mean, as you know, the time, the production, the communications, the social media, the website. Like, there's so many moving parts to it, and then you kind of hear people, Joe. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And you hear people who have been successful and talk about, oh, yeah, we got like four interns and people doing this and audio engineering. It's like, no wonder you have more visitors and more users because, again, you can you really have to hammer at all of these these pieces of it. But uh, but it is fun. That's the thing. Like, I look at this job versus my actual real job at the moment. And I'm like, I don't want to spend a single extra second doing that job. Yeah, I'm using the bathroom working on social media for the podcast. At my other job, <laughs> sitting in the theater posting Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I got one thing out of it that was part of my goal was I wanted to create a network of helpful people because um, like Ian's more the other my co podcast host. He is the one with all the information and the knowledge, and I'm just the idiot who knows nothing and is out to find out what I can and just enjoy enjoy being on the mountains. And through the podcast, I managed to make some great new friends, and you know we created a family. Like my favorite is um, Dave, the ski instructor. Most of our guests are called Dave for some strange reason, but Dave, the ski instructor, lives about an hour and a half away from me, and I'm always over there, and he's always making me better and helping me through this through the podcast. If I'm like, ah. Oh, I really want to, um, I need to prove my carving a little bit. Send him a video. It's for the podcast, Dave. Can you tell me what I need to improve? <laughs> that's great. That's that's a really awesome point because that's one thing that we also have, have kind of discovered is the kind of great people that are in this industry that, you know, a lot of times you might not have access to or might be, you know, doing busy or doing whatever they're doing. But once you say, oh, well, we, we're, we're actually media and you can talk to these folks, you meet some phenomenal people who have had some insane experiences. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. We interviewed some really interesting people. I nearly got to go to the Loberhorn. The Loberhorn. I can't pronounce it. There were more World Cup races. Oh, the no. Loberhorn. Yeah, that's it. Um, I nearly got to go to that, and then they were like, oh, "Don't think your podcast quite important enough just yet. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe you know, next. You'll see. I'll show yeah. you. Hey, you never I'm know. I'm bringing like, your you know, competition down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've done the same thing. And uh, I got to say, in the last year or two, we actually started networking with some people where we got onto, um, we got membership into like a, a, you know, journalist association. So now we actually have credentials. We're meeting people. And a lot of it is too for us going to events. And meeting those people in the media and getting that network. So now I think we got, you know, from where we were, I think even a year, year and a half ago to now, uh, we just have so many more like tight connections that we rely on uh, and they rely on us for, you know, just kind of for synergies. Uh, and, and it works out pretty good, you know. It's nice to have that podcasting family, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it is. And we it's get to go like, to a lot of cool stuff too. <laughs> cool well, events. It's, kind of, it's funny too how we're almost like the rebels here, you know, because you have all these folks who've been writing for the, you know, those ski magazines for 40 years and like, oh, well, I, I knew so-and-so from 1966. And, you know, they're resting on those laurels, which, hey, they've earned that. They've done an amazing job. They've got the industry to where it is now. But they look at you... I mean, I don't know if you've experienced the same thing, Jim, but they've looked at us kind of with a little bit of disdain at first. Like, who the but fuck then, are you oh, guys? Yeah. <laughs> but then you actually yeah. talk to them and they're actually they're actually great people. They're just, they almost feel a little threatened at first. Like, what yeah. are you trying to take away from me? And it's like, hey, I'm not trying to take anything from you. We're trying to build this up. We're trying to keep the sport alive and keep people excited and keep it fresh because you listen to some of the old folks trying to do, be entertaining. It's not entertaining at all. Which I guess is yeah. kind of why, you know, your thought process as to why you guys started your podcast. Ours was kind of the same. Like, we didn't find anything that was fun and interesting in a, a sport we loved. So we're like, let's just make our own thing up. Yeah, it was a desert when we started searching for brand, you know, podcasts out there. We're like, there's nothing that we can relate to. There's either, you know, bros talking bro talk, you know, because they, you know, they're in that generation and they're pro skiers versus us just regular dudes that want to talk about like cool stuff on the mountain and the whole, you know, what it means to ski for us, you know, um, to get out there and enjoy it. I think you're right. It's like a three tier category, isn't it? There's the Uber expert pros who know everything and are almost unattainable in what you think you want. Then there's like that low level of people who have like one trip a year and aren't necessarily that interested out of that one week. And then there's right. that middle bunch of goobers like us <laughs> who are pretty much obsessed by it, but have no one, there's no one to look up to because there's no one actually of our level who are just uh, on the scene constantly. Everyone's just way above us or way below us. Yeah. Is that right? Is that what you think? That's yeah, accurate. Spot yeah. on, yep. Yeah, it's almost like we, uh, we uh, our, our thought process is better than our ability. What we think the people we want to hang out with and the people that we think we should be hanging oh, yeah, out with totally. are just in the, we're in the wrong field. When I think Brian's a little bit more coy too, we go, we go to like events and like, you know, we're meeting these media people and Brian's like, well, you know, we have no credentials. And I'm like, fuck that. We got plenty of credentials. We're like the future, man. We're doing it, you know? And I think they're realizing too, a lot of these people that have been in the industry writing, um, they're great. And like Brian said, they're talented. It's just the, the media landscape of what media is today has changed under them. And it's, you know, it's a little bit scary because eventually it'll probably happen to us. Um, and you kind of have to scramble and find your little piece of ground to stand on, you know? 
But this is such a, a freer medium, isn't it? Like we can just chat for an hour if we wanted to and just go, oh, we don't want that bit. Whereas right. if you've got to sit down and write something, you've got to be structured and think about it right from the start. Yeah, yeah it's actually to their benefit because they have the ability to write. So it's like, I think they just have to realize that it's not as structured as they need it to be. You know. Also too, they have, if you're doing it for print, you have really strict deadlines. It's like, we're going to print Monday morning at 8 a.m. This has to be completed by then. In print, finished, every word. Here it's like, hey, we can screw something up. You know, we can re-record it. We can do another one. Like, we don't have that that really tight, structured time frame. And that yeah. gives you so much more flexibility and creativity. And again... We've actually had to retape whole <laughs> whole podcast uh, because we forgot to tape it. You know? So well, we, we have the yeah. ability to do that. Who hasn't yeah. done that? Yeah, it's actually it's happened a few too many times. We used to do it. So Mario says we're not in the same location now. We used to be in person doing it, and we were using um, Adobe Audition as our our software. And there's just one day, like I don't know what happened. I just didn't press the button, and we were starting. It was like ten o'clock at night. We had you done didn't it. Do it twice. Like yeah, you it was got to do it twice. It was like well, no, the second time I made sure we did. It was like from ten till eleven thirty. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm ready to go home. I looked, it didn't record. I'm like, we got to do it again from like 11.30 to one in the morning. And of course you have a couple what? extra drinks then. And then it just gets a little sloppier. Oh yeah. Sloppy and drunk. Yeah. I, I remember doing that. We had um, Jamie Barrow on. He's one of the um, the British snowboarder kids. Um, and it got halfway through. And I think he went, um, I don't think you're recording this actually, chaps. Oh, and I was oh, like, no. Oh, uh, don't you worry, got most of what you said, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> like you gotta see, it was a test. That's where you gotta play it off, right? That was a warm up. Now it's time for the uh, the big show. Want to make big, sure you're ready. We've lost yeah. half an hour of your time. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, right. I like how um, I like. I'm enjoying the time difference because Mario's there, um, uh, sick, uh, supping on his coffee, got, and I've just cracked open a beer. I like, I like the difference. But in your honor, I've been. Sipping a little ah. the Kirkland brand too. Because you have, you have Costco that's, in the UK, right? That's what we all drink. Irish country cream. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know how, is how is that an honor of him? I don't know. He's <laughs> I have been, I've been to you. Island Vaults, all right. That's well it's, that's it's like saying in honor of you, and it's from something from California. I'm like, yeah, it's close enough. It's know. like that's like we want to give you the tip the, a bad typical American thing. It's like, hey, you know, Ireland's like close to like England. <laughs> it's, close, stuff, right? Right? it's like the same thing. You see drive there. I mean, that's like a daily commute for some people up in the northeast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We all just uh drive over to Ireland through the river. Of course. Sure. Uh, just right over. Right, it's true. <laughs> so now, what is true? I mean, in honor of you, I should have probably got my peanut butter and jelly sandwiches going. Ah, on there we go. Perfect. The have a Budweiser, right? And a Budweiser, right? Peanut butter and Budweiser. Yeah. It's the so what do you drink? I love how Budweiser's... Uh, I've got a brew dog on the go. Oh, nice. There's the camera there. Dog. Nice. We had some um, we had some guys we had some guys turn up um, who are living in the bottom of our chalet and they're going to do the cleaning in exchange for living here. Although if there's any French tax people listening, it's not what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> they're just friends that want to help they, you clean up. They're just friends, and they kindly brought some ale over uh, over from the UK for me, which I'm, I'm really pleased about. Nice. But obviously, nice. T- t- two bags because that's what we drink. We all drink tea. <laughs> of course. I was going to drink tea Naturally. with a little bourbon in it. That would have been a little <laughs> bit closer, but... Tea, tea with Bailey's ice cream. That's right. <laughs> Irish cream, whatever that is. Oh, can, stuff. can you imagine this in tea with, like, curdle? It would be bad. The best thing about yeah. the Irish cream that you have, I mean, 
it's now it is like Mario said, it's from Kirkland, which is, you know, you guys have heard of Costco, obviously, or their mm-hmm. massive warehouse stores. So they have decided they used to just some of them sell alcohol and they sell, you know, big the big brand names you see everywhere. But they've decided to just copy those recipes and make Kirkland versions of it at half the price. <laughs> so instead of buying the Bailey's Irish cream, you get the Kirkland country Irish, Irish nonsense Irish for half the price. Yeah. It tastes the same. It's the same thing. I think they get like a big jug that they get cheap and then they just pour it into the other bottles. It's, it's like, like Brian said, it's like a uh, prohibition type of uh, operation or something. And they're showing the barrels being smashed <laughs> by the police and it goes into the drain. That's kind of what they're doing. They're like, yep, this is bad Bailey's. Now it's Kirkland. <sighs> That's it. Yeah, we have exactly the same thing. We have something called Lidl. Um, have you had a Lidl? Oh, L-I-D-L, it's right? Like, um, yeah. It's like yeah. a German retailer, and they just do discount, very much like Costco. So you can buy things like Janet's vodka and stuff like that. Oh, nice! <laughs> I mean, That's Janet, just centuries. Gar- Gary's whiskey. Yeah. Janet and Coke, please. Yeah. It's a family distillery for generations. I'm not sure it's Coke. I think it's in like Ro- Roca Roller. <laughs> yeah, we started getting Lytles uh, by us recently, about a year or two ago. Oh wow! And it was a mob scene when it opened. Wow, yeah, people were going. Well, we crazy. did a we did a we did a feature on them the other, um the, this the year before last because they started doing ski wear. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, proper budget stuff. The one down the road here, there's one really close to me, and they do loads of ski stuff. Obviously, we live in the mountains, so it's more likely that they did it. That's um, I've not been I've not been tempted. I kind of have a, a rule that if I want to stay warm, dry, or protect my life, I don't buy things from discount warehouses. Ah, well, That's actually, I bought from Costco. I bought a pair of head gloves that I had for like ten years, and they were awesome. But they were head. But they brand. were branded, right? Yeah. Oh, they were head yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah. Like, which oh, you're saying they had their own. from one of those shops? <laughs> <laughs> Buy a car from them, right? They sell. You wouldn't know. <laughs> they sell. Co- car? They sell coffins, actually. hundred oh. percent for that. For your final purchase ever at Costco, <laughs> yeah. you cashing all your points. I can't even <laughs> use my reward dollars next year for buying this coffin. <laughs> you got to buy it now so that when you die, you have it. You can't wait, you know, because inflation, inflation, yeah. even on well, coffins. If you wait till you die, you can't redeem your your Costco points. That's why. That's why you buy it now. <laughs> so, Jim, you were mentioning. But, so you are. You said you are living the dream twice, and you said this time uh-huh. you're, you're doing it with kids. So, how many uh, kids do you have, and what ages? I've got two. One is five, um, one is seven, uh, and they go to school. Um, threw them in a year ago, um, knowing no French, other oh, wow. um, fluent. Wow, well, not fluent, but they can definitely they can definitely parlay better than me. That's wow. really cool. So, do they where you guys are? Do they have like a ski program that they're involved in at school? So, um, in the year the youngest is in, they can do ski de fond or um, cross country, whichever you prefer to call it. Um, and that's every once a week or twice a week they do that. And then this year they were allowed to choose the older ones. So, my daughter Connie, she could pick between um, Alpine, um, a cross country, or snowboarding. She went to Alpine, thank God. Um, you raised her right. <laughs> I raised her right. Although the other one, he's asked for a snowboard for Christmas and I've given in. Um, so, yeah, they do that. And then they're in the ski club. At, they're in the ski club at the weekend oh that's fantastic oh, nice ah for your son get him the Lytle snowboard he'll have a horrible time i've not seen one <laughs> hopefully people make fun of him so he switches to real skis you know peer pressure right that's so here's my, comp- 
Hopefully my confession is though, my I used to be a snowboarder. That's my confession here. Did you? Um, oh, all right. we were coming clean. You know, if this is so, a safe place. Thanks. Uh, I've not <laughs> told anyone. I've not told anyone. So it's good <laughs> that you guys have allowed me to say it. It's okay. if you have to cry, it's okay. It's okay. Instead of no, not instead of not wanting to identify, you're actually identifying as a skier now instead of a boarder. Like you kind of switch. <laughs> Yeah, now I identify as a, a skier primarily now. It takes a while to make that transition. Exactly, exactly. There's rules, right? You have to ski for a certain amount of time before you actually announce it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then I came out. <laughs> I got, I got all my family around. They came in and we, we sat down and said, I want to break it to you. I'm actually a skier. And everyone was very disappointed. <gasps> I've been skiing for a number of months and I just have to tell you now. <laughs> I think I really like it. <laughs> I was just curious. I was ski curious for a while. <laughs> and I fully made the transition. <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. All your uh, your border friends were pouring out their fireball as a, a loss of their friend. <laughs> they yeah, had everyone. I've not, I've not seen him since. <laughs> <laughs> they tried having an intervention. Sorry, dude. I saw you on a, on, a, on skis the other day. <laughs> I saw I saw a Facebook clip of you on skis, and we're all coming out. <laughs> a a you're a you're rubbish, and B you said you were a snowboarder. Uh, <laughs> they just look over at you and then look down and walk. Just just keep walking, dude. Just give us your weed. That's it. You got hand over your weed. That's it. You're done. <laughs> what made you decide to to get into skiing then after snowboarding? So you guys are not snowboarding. You you've not done that. No, I never, never tried. even tried it. No. So I was talking exactly this conversation on a lift with um, uh, another guy called Jim. Um, I only hang out with Jim's and take Dave's on my podcast. Um, <laughs> Makes it easy. And I did, yeah, I did, uh, I did uh, what five winter seasons. So you know, um, ski jobs, ski bum jobs, where you know you work in chalets and stuff or <laughs> in kitchens. So I did that as um, a snowboarder. I come from um, the the beach in England where we surf. I mean, it's cold. It's not quite as warm as what you guys have got. But not like sunny Florida. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought the transition would be to a surfer to snowboarder. But after a certain amount of time of snowboarding, I mean, I'm not the I'm not the rad park kid. Um, and there's only so many powder days that you get over in the over in the Alps. And yeah, you know, after a while of just you know, I got to the point where I was. I wasn't going to get any better. There's no, there's not that technicality in snowboarding that you have in skiing once you progress and you, you know, I just thought I'm just going to move on and tried it. It was wonderful, but so much more challenging to the point where I'm getting these proper calves in and I'm turning. And then now after a, a season, so I, what was it? 30, 31, I started skiing properly. Wow. And and that was just holidays um, and things, and then to the point where it re basically reignited my obsession of living in the mountains, to the point where I went to my wife. Right then, uh, I think we need to uh, uh, move back out there. We're spending every time we traveling to the point we were coming out in the summer to go glacier skiing. Wow! Oh, wow! And that's uh, see the impressive part of that. Your wife was on board, right? That's you didn't have to have a tough conversation, right? It was just kind of. No, it was um it went quite well. She was enjoying the holidays, the children were enjoying the holidays. Um it was almost her idea. Well that's that's what she oh, thinks. Nice. Ah, well done. She Jedi mind tricked her. It's, I like it. That's good. Yeah. Inject that nugget into her head and make it think it's hers. Beautiful. Absolutely. I think um I think uh that's bullying though in some ways. <laughs> 
Uh, we like to call it Jedi mind tricking. You're, yes, you're Jedi's, bullies, it's all kind of the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the place you're so, looking yeah. for. She was on board. She was totally on board with it, which um, I'm really happy about. And we're here. Um, I think it's taken her a year to really get it um, and understand that we've moved to a foreign country where they don't speak very much English. And it is quite challenging in terms of weather conditions, driving in the winter and all that sort of stuff. To the point she turned around to me two days ago and went, I think I'm ready to move to France now. I was like, good. <laughs> oh, wow. See, that's pretty, oh, sorry. Uh, I- that's like a different level of like you know, commitment. So we know, uh, we interviewed a guy Hunter uh, a few weeks ago that uh, he's moving his family out to Lake Tahoe. And uh, I tell you what, you know, at least that's still speaking English, same country, whatever, it's far away, but you know. And Tahoe is like a kind of town as well, isn't it? Where it's a feeder into the resorts almost. There's a lot, is that my right? Yeah. Well, Lake Tahoe is huge, right? So yeah, it's sort of, yeah, there's like the, the South Lake Tahoe is kind of the big, um, that's where all like the casinos are. It's on the Nevada side at least. And then it's, it's kind of, yeah, like you said, a feeder town a bit. And then all around the rest of the lake, there's all different, I think there's seven resorts within an hour. Um, And he was moving. I think has the most, right? Yeah. He was moving to uh, Squaw Valley. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Squaw Valley has got a pretty vibrant, you know, year-round ski and ski scene then they have people doing stuff on the lakes and hiking and biking so there's it's not like it's just it dies when the summer comes around it's like a a year-round destination so it's not as tough to move to a place like that but he left he went from brooklyn in new york all the way across the country to uh to squaw valley and he's been posting pictures and sending us links and he's like yeah i should have done this years ago and that's the thing that everybody seems to say is who's made a big, bold move like this. They say, I should have done this years ago. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, you, you know, from what you're saying, you had the language barrier, language barrier for kids. Uh, I guess, you know, there's probably some tax and citizenship issues you have to get around. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. So I, I tell you, I'm impressed. That's, that's Do you know what's made it really easy? Skiing? Made it. Made it. No, no, no. Brexit. Brexit has really, really? sorted my life out. Really? Oh, wow. No, not at all. Look at that. They <laughs> fucked it right up. <laughs> Listen, what what politicians haven't screwed everything up throughout yeah. our entire lives? <laughs> I mean, every time I think I shall write to my local MP back in the UK, I start and then I realize that it's not a good enough reason to start my my email. You're ruining my attempt of being a second ski bum with your appalling policy in a foreign country. <laughs> so did that have any sway in your move? Say it again, sorry. Did, did that have any influence on your decision to move? The whole Brexit oh, no. situation? Oh, some people did say, you know, are you moving because, because of that? And no, that easier, is not though, right. Uh, I think it made it a a sensible time because we're in the system now. So if we want to stay, it's not as hard in theory. Would you normally have um, to sneak across the border in like the back of a trunk or something like that? Like like Mexico for mm -hmm. us? Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah, it's basically it's the same same with the island situation. We all just drive across, but in the backs of trunks for this time. Of course, right? And you sneak across the Irish cream, the Irish country cream. <laughs> Just barrels yeah. of uh, barrels of Irish cream and your family in that truck. That is that's how we fund our lifestyle. Actually, we are. Uh, um, it, there's prohibition here. Obviously, it's France, so yeah. no cognac, None no champagne, no wine, no anything. You bring over tea. They're, they're all tea, Yeah, we ship tea, and obviously, 
Yeah. Can't live without that. Yeah. yeah but the hotel's done right. Like, oh. You're on the street. Yo, man, you want some <laughs> You want some black tea? I you need some, some Tetley, my man? <laughs> I've got four baggies. Would you want them? <laughs> no, these are individual pack, man. This isn't loose stuff. This is individual. Yeah, none of that loose shit. And then we've got the kids. I obviously hand over the tea myself. Um, the kids are down the road, so I just take the cash. And then they round the corner. Perfect. The miners that can't that's be tried as adults. He, he's got right. it. Absolutely. You got teaching kids. In my head. If you shoot somebody, shoot them below the waist. There's like rules. There's a whole pecking order, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what about you guys? How often where do you get to ski very much? You go out. How close are you? Well, now I'm not close at all. I'm on the beach in uh, Clearwater, uh, Florida. So I travel now. I moved down uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, so that I knew coming down, I was going to have to be traveling more. Um, now, as it works out, my girlfriend is a contributor to my lifestyle because she's retired uh, from the airlines and uh, we get to fly uh, on her benefits, which is really good. Uh, so I've got, I've been able to go up and visit Brian a bunch of times this year, which I probably never would have done. Uh, but before that, uh, we were in Jersey and Brian's still living that, that little lifestyle there. So oh, yeah. So we actually were just in Vermont this week. My wife and I, um, we did mm-hmm. our, we went up to, to Sugarbush, Vermont and we had a, it was kind of cool as we did it uh, using our media contact. We were able to get in on a, a media day up there and, you know, ski with some, you know, the, the president of the mountain. And we got to ski with John Egan, the form, you know, the extreme skier. He kind of towed us around the mountain. Uh, so we do Vermont trips every couple of weeks. And then, you know, we try to do at least one or two trips out West uh, a, a season. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like your, your pre move stage where you're going all the time and you're like, why am I wasting so much time traveling? I got to figure out a better plan to be, to to put some roots in, in a mountain town. So we're sort of in that phase right now where something's going to happen big next year. So, yeah. And we used to start like when I was up there, uh, we were in, in Northern Jersey, Northern New Jersey, and that's only like four hours, four and a half hours from, you know, Killington or Mount Snow, some of the big mountains in Vermont. Uh, so it's pretty relatively easy to do, you know, weekend trips, uh, at the time we were both doing, uh, it and able to work remote. So we would go up maybe on like a Wednesday, um, you know, maybe, you know, take it, take like a Friday off and ski or something like that. And, you know, extend the weekend a little bit. So that's, that was the bulk of it. And then, uh, belonging to ski clubs, you know, uh, Hoboken ski club was big, uh, down here. I'm part of a big Tampa ski club. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to Italy in three weeks to Pregalato to ski. Cool. So that should be uh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, the ski clubs help with a lot of the big package trips. Um, and then we have some friends that are running like, uh, John uh, this year, our buddy, John is running a trip to, um, tell you ride this year again. So John got on that trip, Brian, in case you want to rethink about going. Yeah, no, it's all right. <laughs> but yeah, well, I think you should go, Brian. I think I should go. Right. I think well, you should. I'm trying to make, beautiful. I'm trying to make Utah happen. Um, in, in March, that's kind of my, been my baby right now. I'm working on getting that trip together, hitting a couple places out there. Yeah. We're both thinking about that one. Yes, we could. That could be a fun one, yeah. If uh, if we make that happen, so yeah, we just uh, you know, we get out there as much as we can. It's just you know, I've got a little guy now. He's two and a half. We just picked up his first set of skis yesterday. <laughs> nice. So the, we're the, gonna the plastic, the plastic um, skis with the attached bindings. You just literally 
buying another pair of boots, right? Well, these are like legit skis. Like legit no, right. little little tiny skis. Wow. I wish you're a parent who cares. <laughs> I am. I'm a parent who cares. Yes. Um, yeah, we put him in a boots. He just freaking took off running in them. And he he's he's excited. He's like a high energy kid, which I guess most mm-hmm. little boys are, but he's just yep. a, a little beast. And I can't wait to get him out there. So yeah, there's some local places by us within an hour and a half, two hours that um, again, they're for a little guy, they're great. If you want to go out and have a great day of, you know, bombing stuff down, mm. not going to be that great. Uh, we actually... Two weeks ago, we went to the opening of Big Snow, which was the first indoor resort in North America. So we did that. We were actually there on the media day, uh, Mario and I, and we got to we got to take pictures with Lindsey Vaughn, hang out with Kelly wow. Clark and Red Gerard. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's my Facebook uh, cover uh, picture now, and I have like friends of my mom who's eighty uh, are writing to her. Uh, writing to me, Mario, you look so good. You you two look so good. I'm glad everything's going well. They're thinking that's my girlfriend. I'm like, yes, Lindsay Vaughn is my girlfriend. That's nice. <laughs> and my girlfriend's I mean, like, my girlfriend just laughs at it. She's like, yeah, whatever, whatever, dummy. See, <laughs> what I could have is a famous person I skied with is just a blur. Do you know? Have you heard? You had a Candy Tavo. Yeah, Candy Tavo lives in the town where I'm at. Oh, oh guy, really? And awesome he, he skis this area in um, Le Bar all the time. And like, wow. obviously, every, no one can see him like the full snood and, the, uh, you know, he's got a certain style and every other, every young kid looks like and wants to be like him on the slope here. Oh, wow. So you're like, is that him? Is that it? No, no, that's not him. And then you, when you actually see him, you're like, well, he is phenomenal. <laughs> that's awesome. And then you know, he just comes bombing past you. You're like, oh, that was amazing. I want you're like, I wanted to talk past, to him as he goes by. Passed by graces. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got him on the podcast I don't yet? Think he's why not? No, I haven't. We're going to call him out. Just He's avoiding think. you. He's ducking you. That's it. Well, if I, I'll tell him what, I'll send him an email first. And then if he does that, we can call him out. All right. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hey, if you can catch him, you could say, hey. Yeah. Maybe you I can just to... interview the, the sound of him going past. There you go. You that crash that... into him. Things happen, right? <laughs> Take him out. Take him out. You know what? You can put Take him out with a, yeah, <laughs> a mic lapel on. Yeah. <laughs> Tripwire, mic lapel on. Um, <laughs> Take him out. It's just why I've got you on the floor. (laughs) While you're here in the gurney, you're not going anywhere in this ambulance. We might as well do Uh, an interview. (laughs) Yeah. First question, parlez-vous anglais? No. Oh, bollocks. Damn. Okay, next time. (laughs) Translator, translator. Sorry, my bad. Quick. Yeah, I can take someone else out who uh, can translate for me. (laughs) Can you translate? Bam, you take them out. (laughs) All right, sit next to to Candy. I got to interview him. (laughs) Absolutely. So do you have any uh, like big destination trips going on this year? Yeah, I do. Um, I, uh, well, the, our, our podcast is sponsored by Switzerland Tourism, uh, which is uh, doesn't sound that cool, does it? But it is quite cool. The whole it is actually kind of really cool. very cool. The we whole both... of Switzerland is sponsoring us. That's Brian right. and I both separately were like, how do they get sponsored by Switzerland? That's awesome. Yeah. It is pretty cool. So um, it's not very far from me, Switzerland. Um, so I'm going to drop into uh, the Vaux, Vaux Valley. Um, and I've got uh, some hotels booked and I'm going to um, visit uh, about four um, in a week uh, on the Magic Pass. They've got this they're cool part. You have them. What's the big passes you have big, uh, that you can get Epic in the States? and Icon. Epic, Epic and yeah. Icon, yeah. So I think they're cool ideas. Um, some people disagree, but I like the Magic Pass here is because it's literally in just one area. So okay. most, there's no ski resorts within past a four-hour drive. So 
that's a quite a cool season pass to have. And it's only four hundred pounds, which I think is wicked. I like and that. Is, that, is that unlimited for all those places, or is there unlimited? Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so awesome. It's cheaper than my ski pass from my ski area here. <laughs> wow. So you're better but off by that. Yeah. Well, no, because it's quite a long drive. Um, oh. uh, um, but they also there's like a deadline. So if you go past the deadline, it's like eight hundred pounds. So. Um, but so I'm going to be doing that. And then also, you know, I'm going to the epic ski mecca that is Bulgaria. Have you heard of that? Bulgaria. Nice. Listen, you know, it's, sometimes there's those hidden gems in those old Eastern Bloc countries. Like, you know, you see where were they? Oh, like, yeah. I think TGR was going to, was it Albania or? Yeah, they did Albania. Somewhere a little funky. Yeah. No, these what's places going, are cool. I'm, yeah, what's I going on in Bulgaria? Um, well, it's uh, another sponsor we got. They wanted to send one of us out and see what we thought of it. There, I think they're they're trying to rebrand into a luxury market. Um, so obviously, they they need the English guy with the bad teeth to come out and uh, check out all the places. Um, so I'm going out for four make days. Sure bring um, some, to... Make sure you bring up some Irish country cream. <laughs> I think that's where they make it. <laughs> yes. Made in Bulgaria. Yes. Actually, let me look at the bottle. Yep. When you Bulgaria. look for quality, you look for the made in Bulgaria logo. And that's it. That's it. It's going to be on my bed, isn't it? When I walk into the hotel. Little... Oh, Mr. Jim, we know you're coming. Here is a very nice uh, English cream we know you like. <laughs> we know, we've done a lot of research on your podcast, and we heard you <laughs> the other week. Do they want you to go like full Borat or something when you get there? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, I mean, I should anyway. That that's um. Uh, was it Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. No. Hey, man, Kazakhstan has Kazakhstan. blown up since the movie came out. It's oh, like yeah. becoming like a big mm. tech hub and a big like uh, luxury vacation destination. Not yeah. big. I'm big blowing that up a little bit too much. Is that one of the countries that has my credit card that they keep using? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's all right. They do. There are, you can definitely ski in Kazakhstan, and I think they've got obviously you probably have to do quite a bit of touring, but there are some ski resorts there. Nice. Um, but I'm going back to Bulgaria. So I went, my first ever ski experience was with a ski, with a school trip, like most people, right? And so I went to Bulgaria with a school, and obviously that was an actual ski trip, not snowboarding. Um, and that was my first time. So it's quite interesting to go back. But yeah, I remember being there, and there was, um, you get a lift pass apart from there was one a single man chairlift. You had to pay like two zloty or whatever the money extra <laughs> just to use that one. I never went on it. I assume it was like coin operated or something. Imagine that. <laughs> it's like the VIP yeah. chairlift. You got a, a whole it was no VIP. A whole pocket full of coins, and you're like, I, I'm going to keep riding this lift. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What about you guys? So, how do you plan? How do you choose a trip? Like, do you choose um, somewhere because you want to go to ski that particular area, or do you choose a ski resort because um, uh, it's got a big reputation? What do you go for? What do you go for culture? I like the culture as part of, you know, I, I love seeing a nice little town and seeing the culture of people there. Um, but I kind of choose, well, for me, I choose whatever the ski trips, whatever, if it's a big trip, um, if a ski club is running it, then I jump on it. A lot of times I target which places I want to go and then just see what comes up. Um, or just, you know, if uh, my buddies want to go somewhere, I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty good, you know? Yeah, my thing is too, like lately, you know, we've been to a lot of the big places out West, you know, we've been to Jackson Hole, we've been to, you know, Vail, Lake Tahoe, 
places in Utah, Snowbird, Alta. Right now, I know I'm trying to find kind of some of the smaller places, some of the the more yeah. hidden gems, the ones that are a little bit off the beaten path a bit, because that's where you find some of the most interesting people. I know you just, you know, you... The Bulgarian-themed resorts in the U.S. That's what we're looking for. I'm trying to find where is Bulgaria in the U.S. Like, that's the yeah. place I'm trying to go to. Maybe some little place out in Idaho or a place way Indiana. out in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana is probably more like uh, Portugal. All oh, right. <laughs> it's kind of portugal in terms of... Port- Portugal's one ski resort. I actually knew that. And you know why? Because when the World Cup you final was to- going on... Oh, Port- I did- well, besides that, I, uh, I looked it up during the World Cup final. I said, who am I going to root for? I'm like, who has got more skiing? That's how I based my who I was choosing to root for. Nice. So it was, you know, Portugal. I saw, oh, they got one uh, place. I'm still trying who, to resurrect the Puerto with? Rican ski team. I figure I could be yeah, the good, good first cool. member. <laughs> you could be uh, the alone representative at the 2022 Olympics. That's right. Standing on the podium all alone. <laughs> I did try get. I, I tried to ski in um, uh, in Spain. Obviously, you got the Sierra Nevada, but in the middle, there's this one place called where the wine comes from Rioja. I tried to ski there, but I couldn't find the accommodation, so I couldn't go, which is a bit shame. That was Riojas. Rioja, you know, Rioja wine. Ah, yeah. Oh, Rioja. It was like literally in the middle of the Spanish landlocked <laughs> baked desert. Is there's this one treat of a. A ski resort, but sadly it didn't happen for me. But yeah, I love the idea of going to small, quirky, little, cool places um, that other people don't go. I think the challenge that we have, you know, we go places where there aren't other English people. In uh, the that's apps, that's obviously the real we tricky the thing. Big stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, communication, obviously, for you guys is a tough one. Uh, if you're not speaking eight different languages, you know, going around the Alps, that's, uh, you know, predominantly what, Spanish or Spanish, French, German, Italian. But I guess a lot of folks speak English, probably the younger ones, right? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, it's embarrassing, the amount of uh, skills. I mean, I assume you guys are like us. What's the point? Not, not what's the point, but, yeah. you know, you go, well, lazy you need this other language. Yeah, there's absolute laziness in it. I can walk into any room and I'm pretty sure someone will understand me. Like I remember right, going right. on a trip to uh, Italy before I went uh, the Dolomites and I did Cortina. And I remember on that trip, I was like trying to brush up on some Italian words and somebody in the, on the club was like, why are you trying to learn some phrases? Like they're going to speak English. And I was like, well, that's kind of a, kind of a dickish attitude to have, you know, like we should be able to communicate a like, little. Make in the, the effort in at least, you know, and we got there. to say thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then. And then you would try, and then they would start talking to you in English. They're like, "Okay, it's it's pissing them off now that you're butchering their language." So I'm like, "Okay." Well, I don't think it's English. I don't think it's pissing them off. I think they appreciate that you're making the effort, and they're kind of reciprocating with, "Hey, I can speak it. I'll help you out." Yeah, and I think it's if you have the attitude of like, "Um, do you speak English?" I think then they're a little more likely to speak in their native tongue and curse at you and and not want to help you out. But, Especially with French, right, Jim? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a, a lady said told me a classic story about she speaks really good English, um, good, good, really good French, and she was in the veg shop and she asked for some stuff, and then the veg lady just started slagging every person off, saying none of them can speak it, and she was like, well, I'm just going to speak English to her now, but I've heard everything said. Wow, wow, look at that! That's not, th- be careful out there. Yeah, be careful. But I think that's just a one a, a one thing. Generally, they're very nice, and most of the time, if they choose to speak back to you in their own language, in um, your language, especially in like a customer service environment, it's just they're busy. Yeah, no one on. Like, 
I'd love to help you learn to speak Italian <laughs> while you're here in this busy restaurant. But actually, I've got another 30,000 people I need to serve. So yeah. your language lesson will have to wait, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'll just speak English. That's true. Yeah. Well, one of the things, so talking about skiers, like Brian and I talking to people, you know, in media and like in the areas, we start realizing that there's a lot of areas, like local areas, especially when I was living up in, I lived in Buffalo for a while, lived, you know, up in New Jersey, uh, up in that New England area that we just kind of missed because you're always looking at, oh, I want to go to the Killington or the Mount Snow, the big mountains like up in Vermont, but, you know, Maine, New Hampshire, um, you know, upstate New York, there's a bunch of areas that are really good skiing that, they don't market as much, so they get overlooked. And I think that's where we're looking at too now is, you know, how about that little place in Idaho that's supposed to be really good? It's not Sun Valley, but it's like supposed to be very good or, you know, other places, you know, around, you know, the Midwest. Uh, and how much better for your listeners? Like you can read a number or listen to probably a hundred things on um, someone who's been to Whistler, right? Right. Exactly. Right? Like it's it's completely inundated, but you know, so much better to for us to go out and go ski this one resort. And there was eight kilometers of snow um, of runs, but actually it was really wicked. You should just drop in there one day. We're supposed to go, and yeah, uh, you know, bales really good. The seats are heated and stuff like that. But yeah. right, and well, everybody's actually, every, everybody's every, everyone's there. there. Yeah. Well, that was actually the the big epiphany. Was I was at Vale earlier this year, and I remember we went to this. We had a great day. It was a powder day. And we're going out to this, uh, the, I think it's called the red line, whatever the big app price spot is there. And I'm looking and I'm like, we got off pretty early, like three, three 30. And there was tons of people in there. And I'm like, I don't see a lot of skis outside of this place. <laughs> and it's just all the scenesters. They went, they went and bought their veil sweatshirt. As soon as they got there, they wanted to go to the bar. They wanted to go home and show off. Oh, I went to veil. I skied at veil. I'm like, that kind of stuff doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you're wearing a shirt from someplace like that. That doesn't mean you, you skied it and really experienced it. You know, like I want to find a little place that doesn't even have sweatshirts available. That's got mm. some guy who's been skiing there for 60 years. Who knows every single turn, every tree, every root, every every drop. You know, those places are so much more interesting because they have so much more personality and character and 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 weird stories behind them. And that's kind of what we're we're trying to seek out now a little bit more. Well, and talking to the journalists, so when we were up in uh we did a big show in Boston uh a few months ago in November. And um, you know, speaking to the journalists, one of the things they came out and said too is when you look for stories to write, everybody's written that story on the accommodations of Vail, right? But not everybody's written the, you know, the story, uh, the ski New Hampshire girl, uh, I got, we got to find out. Shannon, there's like, yeah. there's like a chicken in town that gets wheeled around on a, on a wheelchair and is seen around town all over. Like, I want to do a story on that chicken. Like that interests me. <laughs> you know, I could do a, we could do a, a whole podcast on the chicken, you know, um, a lot of clucking, but you know, maybe not a live interview, but talking about the chicken, uh, and, and those are the kind of stories that people are interested in. Like they want to know the wacky, cool, offbeat stuff that goes on in some of these, these areas. And it's kind of important to cover that too, because that's the ambiance of when you go out to these areas, like you want to know about the, the cool stuff you're going to see, you know, if you can't get there, you know, and then see it for yourself. So. Absolutely. Um, can I ask a question about Beaver Creek? You've been to Beaver Creek. I was I there back when I skied Vail. We also we stayed at Beaver Creek and skied there one day. Oh, I did ski Beaver Creek one is, day. Yeah, that's is right. it good? 
you know what? It's got some surprisingly good terrain. We were there. Yeah. We were lucky. We had about a foot of powder the day we were there. Nice. And uh, it was, uh, I think we skied on a Wednesday. So it was empty. Uh, the whole like birds of prey area where they do the, um, the uh, FIS race, that area is really, really fun. The whole town, the village, it all just felt kind of dead and old to me. Um, mm. Like the, the folks that were there, it was a lot of older seems like wealthier folks, which I don't know. It gave me a bit. I didn't love it. That's for sure. It wasn't my kind of scene. Um, you know, we talk, talked about Telluride earlier. That's kind of more the grimy, but, but still classy and cool of like a Telluride, the, the main yeah. town, the main <laughs> village. That's sort of like a, that's kind of like the, the bar we, we use to measure things. And again, Beaver Creek skiing was fun. I don't think I'd really make any effort to go back to it. Uh, but it was a nice place to stay and it was easy to get to Vail. But again, it, it didn't have that sort of that extra little bit that makes me want to go back and do it again. Yeah. One of the things that, um, we, you notice in the U S you go out to like, you know, a Vail versus going to a Telluride. Telluride was a town that was there before, before they started, you know, having an old mining town. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it was an active town way before, and then it developed into, this big ski town, whereas Vale was, Hey, you know, we got this really good skiing. Let's plop a town manicured specifically for skiing. Mm -hmm. So there's a different feel to it. You walk into Telluride, you're like, this is an old West town. This is an old, you know, this is cool. There's a lot of history yeah. uh, where you go into Vale, You're like, wow, they have all the new fancy stuff that people want. Yeah. There's history, but it's kind of mm -hmm. manicured history. You right know? off so, the highway. Yeah. Convenient. Handy. No, I totally get what you mean. I lived in, um, when I first, when I was young and rebellious doing the mountain stuff, that's where we lived. We lived in those big manufactured, um, massive towns with like big wide yeah. piece and solid infrastructure. Um, where was I that totally at? Um, I did, I did uh, one year in Val d'Isere, Tines, Spasculi. Then I was in the Three Valleys in Courchevel um for a couple of years and then i lived in um the zark for another two years as well it's all in the same like tarantes area but big manufactured resorts now where i live is like a farming place and like all the cows come out in the winter and they're, they're there's still a history ringing and a bells. culture there of its own right absolutely it's not just a load of purpose-built stuff the reason i wanted to know about beaver creek is because there's a nightclub down the road um, and the, the french love to name their pubs and stuff after French uh, US um, ski places and the nightclub's called Beaver Creek and I was just going to base nice. your review on Beaver Creek on if uh, I should go to the number. <laughs> based on what you said, I'm probably not going to go. I'd probably steer clear of the beaver. Is it like, it might be mean that's really expensive? <laughs> hey, that's... <laughs> That's part of it. All French Creek. nightclubs are really expensive. They open at yeah. one o'clock. It's like 10, 10 pounds for a, a, a pint of beer, and it's really rubbish music. So I very rarely go to that. <laughs> Beaver Creek. No. Yeah. But well, Beaver Creek also appears. We had a really funny conversation about it last night. Uh, this um, mixed um, pre Christmas drinks, so lots of different nationalities. And we're all going, well, you know, you know what we use the word beaver for in the UK? <laughs> right, no. Right. Lady bits. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep uh, so maybe that's why they named it beaver creek i don't know yeah well that's what everyone so all the english people would assume it's just a strip club <laughs> oh, that's and then good. they get there and they're really pointed yeah where you where you get peed on which you know hey some people are super into that that's great not really yeah. my bag yeah not, not good not not it's too niche for a big nightclub in a small village though right that's true for new york city perfect you can find perfect. that little niche you're great
Yeah, see, is it in the bad part of town? That's the first thing you say. And then <laughs> if it's yeah. not, no, then you're like, well, maybe it's not a strip club, but it's know. it's a mini warehouse just slightly off of town, almost in a like a small industrial site. That's suspect. It's, ne- it's next to the ambulance station. Oh boy. Ooh, yeah. That's suspect right there. Very. <laughs> but, but very convenient. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so how's the French beer? Because you know what? You hear about all... I mean, Europe has such great beer culture. So many countries mm. making great beers. You don't hear much about French beer. Okay, so um, most of the French beer that you'll just go in and get on draft, it tends to be Amstel or Cronenberg um, or Jupla. Um, that's kind of the standard on the tap. Mm-hmm. But they do have... They do have um, a lot of uh, more interesting stuff. Mont Blanc has got a brewery, and they do some really nice stuff. And um, there's a, uh, they do like, um, they like their um, white beers. So, and they okay. also love love fruit beers. Which personally, not a big fan of. Um, and there's this thing, uh, the magic stuff is called Mutzig, and it's 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 that rumored stuff where you know one knows the percentage of it, and you go out. <laughs> Us, us silly uh, English people go, oh, I'll have a whole pint of that. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. They, they pull beers. out a jug with the XXX on there. <laughs> yeah. Under the counter, here we go. Yeah. They bring it out. And then, oh. um, you know, four of those later and uh, you're embarrassing yourself absolutely somewhere. You're down so to Beaver Creek after that, right? Yeah. That's how, that's how they get you in there. <laughs> that's it. And it's, it's off to Beaver Creek. Uh, so and then this, they have this other interesting stuff called um, uh, pecan, which is um, a uh, like an orange liqueur. It's specifically brewed to go in your beer. Oh wow! And, and it's really nice. It makes it taste absolutely delicious. So what do we you also pour it into? We the... also drink. Go on. So you pour it into the beer. This pico? Yeah, you just put like a pecan. So you just pour it into the beer, like a, a small little um, drop. It totally changes the flavour. Um, Adds a, a extra percentage on the ABV, but it's really nice. Ah, oh, interesting. And they're big fans of putting syrup in their beer as well. That's like a German thing, right? Like the Berliner Weisse, that and sort the, of the mm. lambic too, right? So you oh, said lambic. white beer. Is it the? I mean, you said fruit beer. So is that the lambic with the fruit syrup in it, or is it more like a sour? Um, they do different ones. So there's a bar down um, in Annecy, beautiful town. Um, it's called Beer O'Clock in English language. Nice. And you go in, you get a card, you charge the card up, and then you just go around. You put the card. It's like uh, like a lift pass card. Stick it on the on the counter, and then pour your own beer. Oh, nice. And it takes out to the millimeter. Incredible stuff. That's really cool. Um, and yeah, there's loads of um, flavored, sweet, really sweet fruit beers. Um, one of the one of the big things people really love is to put peach syrup in beer. I think is absolutely rank myself. But peach syrup, they do it's peach syrup. Yeah, uh, demi pesh is a very popular drink. That's what they serve at the uh, demi pesh. <laughs> demi pesh. It's I so fascinating. I'll go for a demi citron. Demi citron. So yeah, what's um what's your favorite style of beer? Um, like to have after skiing specifically after skiing i genuinely will just have a demi citron just a, like a Cronenberg with a nice dash of um, lemon uh you know it's like a shandy but but yeah. what you actually want this is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing about the not overly sweet it's actually yeah absolutely <laughs> so that's quite refreshing but then obviously you know i'm from the uk we like proper ale warm flat beer that you think is disgusting actually yeah. wow <laughs> yeah what's we're your pretty... favorite what's your favorite english beer 
my favourite English beer. I mean, if you're talking broad scale, I love a Timothy Taylor. Uh, Madonna's favourite, that one. Timothy um, Taylor. Yeah. A landlord, quite a landlord, Timothy Taylor. Really good. Um, even nice out of a bottle. Um, I used to work next door, a really nice brewery, um, Wizard Ales, and they did um, some fantastic ales. Went quite a few of them. And then, uh, kind of Doom Bar. That's another good one. A Cornish Ale. Doom Bar? Doom Bar. Are you going to get all these shipped in? I see you yeah, writing yeah. down. That's our plan. I think I might have seen the Doom Bar. I don't know. About yeah, Doom Bar's grown quite big. I mean, it's yeah. a small little um, Cornish uh, brewery, but slowly it's grown. Is it like red lettering on the bottle, Doom Bar? Mm, that's right. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Look at Can you. Tell I haven't, though. But I mean, if, if you want to go more obscure, try a Buck and Gold. Buck and Gold? A Buck and Gold, yeah. Sounds like something. Oh, Exmoor uh, Gold. Oh, how can I forget that one? Was that what he drank on... Uh, uh, what's that? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to get the golden ticket. <laughs> Remember they had the Wonka bars? Yeah, these all weird Wonka bar uh, flavors. Yeah, we're, that's the one thing about. I you don't know, remember that. <laughs> I don't know what sort of. I don't version, remember the Charlie. What version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory did you see, Mario? Yeah. That has uh, yep, the original one had the uh, the different type of uh, bars. There's the Wonka bar, the Scrum Delicious bar, and like all these different ones. The same. Oh, I thought you were saying that um, Gene Kelly was there just pouring pints of ale down poor little Charlie Bucket's I, it, it, neck. It sounds like something he would have ordered. Like well, that, if was, he was... <laughs> that was the family guy when they did the Pawtucket Pat when you could win the visit to the, his, his factory and had the scrolls in there. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic. Pawtucket Pat. The Chumbawambas when they would come out and sing to you. <laughs> I remember that one. That was great. God damn, I love family. So guy. one thing we're lucky. So the skiing in the Northeast in Vermont, New England, that area is great. But the pro- it's not as great as if you were to go out west to, you know, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming out there. But the beer scene that we have in Vermont, where, where I just was out up in uh, by Sugar Bushes, the Mad River Valley. I mean, you have some of the best breweries, like, well, depending on if that's your kind of beer. Best they, IPAs, too. Like they focus so on IPAs, IPAs up there. Yeah. And uh, we went to the Lawson's Finest Liquids Factory, and they had this beer called Sip of Sunshine, which is this guy was making it in his garage for years. And this is, I think, around 2013, they was featured in one of those beer advocate magazines. And now he has this big, beautiful, like fantastic brewery and, uh, you know, tasting room. And it's so cool Place because great. there's been a couple stories of places there in that in that little tiny not very populated area where people are making local beers in their, in their backyard or their garage. And it's blown up to be uh, a giant company, but they're all kind of the whole Vermont attitude is like, we're keeping things independent. We're not going to sell out to InBev or what's the other constellation or any of those big ones. So there's like a, there's like a pride uh, craftsmanship that is all throughout that area, which is, I, I mean, I love it. I love that these people have like, have really are living their dream and, and making built this product from a passion. And, you know, we kind of, kind of, kind of try to carry that tradition in this podcast where, you know, we've had plenty of offers to sell out. Not really, but you know, we just, we do it cause we love it. You know, we love talking to folks like you, Jim, and, and, and folks who, who love skiing and who are passionate about not just being on the mountain, getting the fastest time, getting the most vertical, fastest speed. We love people who love just all the things that encompass the, the sport. And there is so much more than just the times you're swishing down the hill. 
That's interesting because we had a review the other day that said they said you guys don't talk about shredding enough. I'm like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I could, but it would be really boring. There's so much more: the mountains, the the lifestyle, the people. That's what's what is what makes it uh, a holistically cool sport. Just go yeah. watch TGR movies all day. If you want to see just maximum shred, they're there for you. Yeah, there's YouTube channels set up for shred. Just go look at that. You know. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of like if Jerry of the day was a podcast. That's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that the other day. My son dropped his poles off the lift, and I was like, "Ah, it's gonna. Why happen. have you done this to me? <laughs> yeah. That could actually. That's actually could be a the idea that leads to a great invention some sort of uh child pole tether <laughs> how old your ch- how old your uh, son five he keeps saying it was my fault oh. it was right <laughs> under the lift and then oh. it was it was wet slushy deep snow that you just and then i went to pick him up obviously i massively looked like a dick as i fell off and then my daughter thought she'd follow me and she then fell over so i had to i was just rolling around in it doing that stupid uh, step into deep stuff and then i was like where are my skis and i've got to get her out uh, just knowing no. everyone's buzzing above you going <laughs> taking pictures there's a lot of there's a lot of film on that let's oh. put it that way just a bunch of laughing frenchmen <laughs> there's no more infuriating laugh (laughs) well can i tell you i'll tell you about my first ever job in the mountains yeah my friend my friend said that he said come out to the alps and i didn't even think about it i was just working in a bar in a a surf town in the uk he said come out to the alps for the winter all right then he had a job so i went and slept on his sofa for a bit and eventually i got a job um uh in a bar um called the wobbly rabbit i was like cool so what's my job and they said you, they said you wear the rabbit outfit and walk around town and walk around town to try and drum up business. Oh, that's awesome. First of all, first of all, this was not the sort of bar you want to send anyone to. It was awful. <laughs> I just took the job for the money. And second of all, as, as, as enthusiastic as I'm trying to be now, I'm a fairly deadpan, um, sarcastic person. So I am not I am not the right person to try and drive people into a bar uh, to the point where people are like, you should just go to that bar. It's better. Like, people but showing up reason- like, I had to come to the bar where the rabbit gave me the finger. <laughs> That's it. I've always wanted to work in one of those places where you get it's pretty rude that would be fine um but i just remember walking around in this rabbit costume like sort of slums really miserable walking around and these like french, a bottle, a bottle yeah, these these french people showing snowballs hey english lapan oh, throwing snowballs off the balcony at me, and i was like this is the most miserable thing i've ever done so i went back i went back i went I went back into the bar and said, I'm not sure this is for me. They said, I'll give it one more day. Tomorrow, we're going to give you a lift pass and you can go snowboarding in the rabbit outfit. And I was like, no, I'm I'm done. I'd rather have no money and no lift pass. And my oh. pride. That's right. I got a little shred of pride walking around with a, you know, just drunk, drinking a bottle out of a bottle, people throwing snowballs at you. It's just, it's a bad scene. Now, does that bar still exist? No. Uh, see, I was thinking how great of a podcast episode that'd be going back and oh, being a rabbit man. for a day. That's right. Relive the rabbit. Yeah, I can. Uh, or the rabbit's revenge. One day. Of, one day come back. Yeah. Rabbit's, rabbit's revenge. revenge. I love it. The rabbit's revenge. <laughs> that could be the new part. 
That's right. There you go. Oh, that could. Boy. There's your meal ticket. Rabbit's revenge. Rabbit's revenge. Make it I'm the writing opposite that down. Bar. Never idea. Rabbit's revenge. Or you could do like the rabbit from Donnie Darko. That could be your logo. Oh yeah. You throw snowballs at everybody else in that Donnie Darko rabbit costume. Yeah, with razor blades and. <laughs> send a message. Send, send a message. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you the French guy that slacked me off five years ago because I'm back. I'm back. Bird in hell, A dish <laughs> best served cold. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's going to be your uh, one of your menu items. <laughs> you could uh, throw flaming snowballs at people. Like, you know, apparel really goes up in flames pretty well. Yeah, not in that suit I was wearing. I couldn't have thrown flames. <laughs> Snowballs. I'd have been the first person to go. Snowballs <laughs> with a shooter of fireball in there. <laughs> fireball. Snowball. I mean, that was, you'd go to that bar, wouldn't you? Uh, you got to see who, who, you know, this wacky rabbit I saw. I got I to gotta visit the bar. And that's I remember being in a, I remember being in another bar with flames and this kid, this guy, one of my I was a manager by this point and he was a member of staff and he had he it was uh I think it was like beach party night and they were handing out free Havana straw hats and I thought this is the best thing in the world. Um said to the barman, give me some um give me some um sambuca or something, poured it on his heart, flamed it, and everyone's just going, dude, your hair's on your hat's on fire. And every time he took it off, the flame went out. <laughs> it's like what are you saying what are you saying put it back on there it was lighting straight away oh that's and awesome that that is staff respected me that wins the season <laughs> the guy's bad that's magical. the bar you want to go to yeah mm. that's awesome that's one thing we don't have a lot of here we don't have a lot of like the, you know there's great operate bars but you know we've uh we've been to zermatt we've been to ishgill mario's been to a bunch of other you've know, been to sorry you, you've been where zermont zermont yeah. Uh, but Zermatt. 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 Yes. Zermatt. I got a I got a jersey up. Sorry. <laughs> it's Zermatt guy. That's what it is. As an ambassador to the Zmat. 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 Ambassador to the Switzerland New border Edinburgh. tourism. I understand that you need to uh, correct us <laughs> on our pronunciation. I do. I do. Um, but Ishgil, have you been there in Austria? I love Ishgil. Oh, okay. I had I had the best trip there. <laughs> There are a lot of people from the UK there usually hammered walking in their ski boots at like one in the morning. So. Oh, yeah. We went, I was working in ski sales for a tele, uh, you know, ski travel agent. And they were like the last end of season trips to uh, Ishko. And I was like, oh, we don't want to go to Valles. Yeah, we want to go back there. And I was like, this sounds really good. So, it, and it was incredible. And it was one of those infuriating april trips at the end of the season you're like oh we'll probably do a bit of skiing and get drunk a bit <laughs> turns out we got drunk a lot and every day was overnight snow and fresh powder it was the hardest work oh, ever wow. <laughs> yeah we uh, oh, we went there. we went there in 2015 with the mm -hmm. uh like with our ski club and the hotel we stayed at the uh with the sport hotel that's right there by the gondola by the the hotel told us we were the first Americans to stay there, like the first American group to stay there. So for some reason, America doesn't really know about Ishkil. Obviously, Europe knows all about it because mm. we we couldn't. We were blown away because we had no idea what to expect when we got there, and we were like, it's "Insane, Whoa. insane party scene." Yeah. Yes, I mean, had a great mountain to ski. I mean, the scheme. Oh, yeah, the ski is good. Yeah, but answer me this. Could you live there? 
Um, married? No way. <laughs> married. Just with ears, really. Like, it's all right for a week, but after a week of shuts, you give me a photo. It'd be like, yeah, it'd be like working at a, a Christmas a store at Christmas time. Yep. It just sends you menstrual. Over yeah. and over. Yeah, exactly. Well, apparently Johnny Depp is the big one now, right? Isn't that the big song? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I've, yeah. I'm over 30. I don't listen to music. Uh, Lucas well, Buffel. No. Lorenz Buffel. Lorenz Buffel. Well, see, that's like we have um we have friends that uh he works for a company. They're based out of Germany, so he's always there. And Ishkil is like his place that he goes to. And his Christmas card is him and his wife in front of the big Ishkil sign. And he sent us a video last time he was there. And there's this song, and it's like the whole chorus is like dip dip dip. Johnny Depp, Depp, and everyone is just, it's, you know how it is when you're there, you're like, first time you hear the song, you're like, this song is stupid. And the next time you're three pints in, you're like, you're singing along and you know all the words because that's the formula those freaking Germans have put together to just make you chant what they want you to chant. Get in line. Oh, they know it. They know it, don't they? They've mastered that craft, right? It's in their genes. <laughs> get, get that uh, techno Europe going and then no one's leaving. Yeah. That's right. Who's the um the yodeling ski guy? What's that? Oh, like... uh, isn't he like he looks really old, doesn't he? I yeah, mean, I, like, all I can all I can think of is here. focus by hocus pocus in my now. <laughs> yeah, we uh we had a, after we were in Ishkil, we had our uh, people were setting up their Spotify lists with all the songs that were there at at the Apre bars, so that we could all re re enjoy the moments back home skiing in in Vermont. And trying to bring a little bit of Ishkil to New England. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, I mean, surely you do really well opening an Ishkil themed bar somewhere. Yeah, that was Killington would process. be perfect. That was our thought process. We wanted to open Kushtal West and yeah. kind of bring that whole yeah. vibe to uh, to the states. But and then I went to Valtorens and I I was at the uh, I went to Folly the Deuce. Uh, Folly Deuce and I was like, this is amazing. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. They're really cool places. The original ones was from Val d'Isere. Um, yeah. Uh, and now they've, yeah, there's a new one opening every year. They just opened a hotel in Chamonix. Really? Oh, oh boy. Mm. That could be dangerous. That probably is quite dangerous. Yeah. Hansi Hinterseer, Ski Twist. That's the song. Ski Twist? Is there is like yodeling in it? <laughs> there's so many I'm fantastic sure. ski songs here. All drunkness. It would drive you insane. Did you go to that bar um, where the, there's the, the women dancing in traditional dress, but they don't? They're not. They don't get naked. In Ishkil? Oh. Yeah, in Ishkil. Is that the champagne Shatsi? place? Is that Shatsi? Place? It is Shatsi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shatsi bar. Because oh, I remember, I remember being in there. They're doing the dancing and stuff. And in comes my boss with his uh, one-year-old, uh, nine-month-old, and the kid's eyes just lit up. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they ship those girls in from like Romania and stuff. I think for the winter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no self-respect in Australia would do it, would they? They sure wouldn't. <laughs> but they love to see it. It's a it's a great little formula they got. One going. thing we did know that ratio of dudes to girls is brutal, though. As a uh, yeah, definitely a pickle forward place. <laughs> oh, that's just the, that's the Alps in general. I worked uh, one season. I worked. I worked in a hotel. There was fifty-four staff. Guess how many uh, females worked there? Four, like two, two girls. Four. There, they were the four. four. Nailed out it. Of the wow. fifty. Yeah, they pick a pick a litter. They're like, all right, 
Well, we were joking because like, well, we weren't joking. Actually, our uh, our ski club was probably half and half the trip that went over there. And some of these girls, they were probably a hard five. They were a soft nine in Ishkil. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of attention that they usually never get. There was one girl telling a story and she's like, oh, it was great. You know, these guys around and the next day it's somebody bit me on my neck. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. There's the reason that uh, you can get so much sausage in the mountains. It's uh, essentially it's just for the men, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Sadly, yes. But uh, so, Jim, any anything else that uh, you want to bring up or mention or send us some information where people can follow you guys and and find out more? Uh, if you want to listen to our podcast, it's probably not quite as exciting as this one. Um, it's uh, it's just the ski podcast.com and you can find all our links and stuff there if you want to listen to it. And then what I'll do is I'll loop this back in. So what's your details? We are ski bum podcast.com. And that's where all of our socials are Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at ski bum podcast. And that's where you can get all of our information too. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me come on and um, randomly just uh, talk talking a nonsense i've enjoyed it actually it was a real pleasure no we're we're happy to have you on yeah we'll have to do this live one time i think that would be a lot of fun yes we got to see if trips coordinate or plans can coordinate because that would be kind of cool if you ever do make a trip to the states let us know because that would be kind of cool to see uh to go out west or even up new england you get to ski a little bit of ice which is always fun (laughs) um you know it makes you a better skier (laughs) absolutely right look for it all the time and great beer. And, and great beer. That's the big thing. The great beer. And, and if you are this way, I mean, we've got a chalet with 18 beds for all you can have it. You know, I've got a nice mezzanine with beds. You can, you're more than welcome to keep on. All right. Um, or if you're nearby, I'll, um, I'll drive over. All right. I'll quit my job. I'm, I'll be there next week. I'll have to make this happen. <laughs> all right, Jim. Well, thank you so much. Mega. Thanks a lot, guys. Right. Um, I will chat to you soon. I'm going to, I'm off to buy a hot tub filter. Oh, oh nice. Oh, priorities. <laughs> not for not, not for me, not for me, for the guests. Ah, awesome. okay. Well, have a All great right, have a great Christmas. The rider. Oh, have a great Christmas, a great New Year, and uh, yeah, we'll chat again soon. Same to you. Cheers, guys. Thank yeah. you very much. All Cheers. Right. So, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast with Jim. If you want to check out more information, we'll have the links to their podcast at our site, skibumpodcast.com. Under the ropes. And now we have one more quick episode, or one more quick story under the ropes finish it off mario all right while you're out there uh going shopping maybe you've seen this maybe you've already picked it up wrapped it up and it's under the tree or maybe santa claus is delivering something to your young ones that they've asked for um fisher price came out with a charcuterie playset, and it got a little bit of backlash for being too snooty so uh i think it's funny that uh they're getting backlash on it because it's a cute little playset for kids um so it's a charcuterie board playset. They have uh, it's a fifteen set, fifteen piece set that includes plastic food utensils and uh, faux marble plates and wood accented cutting board along with cloth napkins. So it's designed uh, for the discerning toddler with a with a taste for the finer things in life. And I just think this is pretty cool because why wouldn't you want your kids to? I, I do a little creative play with some fancy highfalutin items. Well, dude, it's meat, cheese, and crackers. Like <laughs> that's every people have been eating that. Even that's like 
I wouldn't call it peasant food, but common people have always found ways to take whatever animal byproducts were left from the fancy cuts of meat and turn it into sausages and cold cuts. Yeah. And people have made cheese ever since they've, they've farmed. So it's really just taking that stuff and giving it a fancy bougie name and calling it charcuterie. That's all it really is. It's, it's stuff that we've been eating for, for generations. Yeah. And I just think, you know, this again, the reason it's getting a little backlash for being too snooty is from lurkers on the internet that finally want to, you know, that want to come out when it's convenient for them to come out of hiding and say something against what somebody else likes. So, uh, they're saying, you know, um, what kind of fancy child would use the playset? And apparently, Fisher Price has plastic a plastic snooty plate playset, faux um, marble plates. I mean, I just think it's cool, man. You have play play dinner stuff, play play shopping stuff. So why won't you have this little set? I think it's cute. Usually, kids a little manners, you know. Yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, it's not. Uh, yeah, I think again, it's, it, like you said, people just overreacting, trying to find something to complain about because that's the culture we're in right now. Yeah, I, I don't see what's wrong with it. So, you want to teach your kids no manners? I mean, nobody teaches manners these days. The, these days, it's very hit or miss. Um, and kids, honestly, there's a lot of kids that that you know they hit their teens and they still don't even know. You know, if you go to a fancy restaurant, how should you act? I mean, it's important to teach kids that, I think, too. Dude, we beat that into our son. I make him say thank you and you're welcome for everything. Because, again, I want him to have manners. Because, again, you see some of these mutant children running around who are just, you know, grabbing at things and being rude and not... don't give a shit. And you know what they're going to be? They're going to be adults that people are going to look at them and say, oh, what a bunch of idiots. What a a bunch of ass bags. But Just shit parents. You know what? You you were brought up with that because your parents thought it was too bougie. So you know what? It's not the kids; it's the parents every time, yeah. every single damn time. Dude, we were at Lawson's Finest Liquids up in Waitsfield, nice. Vermont. We went there two days in a row because the charcuterie was so fantastic. Fantastic charcuterie! That's it was right. delicious. I actually think you and Nick should get your kids uh, the charcuterie playset for. Christmas I, this year. I think, you know what? Forget the 15 piece one. I want like a 50 piece one. I want exotic cheeses from around the world. I want multiple kinds of meats. I want different kinds of grapes. There's no olives on here. And where are the nuts? There's no cashews and almonds. Yeah, that's right. And there's no little pickles. It's called cornichons. Gherkins? There's some sort of... Uh, no, you know. uh, cornichons, right? Those are the... Uh... Oh, is that what if the real name is? Yeah, I think they're they're corner shot. But it's nice to have that. But like why why not? You go have a little hors d'oeuvres. I'm a big hors d'oeuvre guy. I want our like, I want artisanal crackers. I want some blind guy in the next town over who makes these crackers and been making them for 60 years. I know right. I want that. I have a I have another big party and it's gonna be hand passed hors d'oeuvres, cheese plates, everything. That's all it's gonna be. Just cocktail stuff. I like it. I, one more shout out to the freaking Lawson's. Do they had an everything pretzel? Kind of like a everything bagel, but a pretzel. Nice. And they had it with a beer cheese sauce. Whew. And it was like a smoked gouda. They actually used double sunshine and one other cheese in Damn. there. Not only that, it also came with maple butter. And you know what? We finished the beer. Mm. I stuck my finger in the beer cheese and like <laughs> scraped it out and ate it. And there was another wad of the maple butter. I just ate it straight and it was so goddamn good. <laughs> awesome. We'll talk. Well, you'll hear more about that on an upcoming podcast with me and Andrea talking about our trip to Sugarbush, where we that is that is awesome. Our visit to Lawson's. (laughs) 
Well, I guess that kind of wraps up the old podcast for the week. Uh, This is going to be our last podcast before Christmas. So wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I guess Hanukkah just happened too when this is coming out. So happy Hanukkah and happy Festivus. We have some awesome stuff coming out next week too. We're going to recap some of our interviews that we did this year because we did a lot of interviews. It's kind of our new thing now. It's been great. Different format, get a lot of great feedback. So we're going to release some of those again so you can check them out over your Christmas break. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Thank you so much too to Jim from the Ski Podcast for joining us. Thank you to Cookie Wax. Check us out. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Ski Bum Podcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We still have the shop. Buy some stuff, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. YouTube. Pinterest, find us there. Thank you guys so much. Have a great holiday and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, hi, stay polluting. See ya.